It's not exactly how it happened, though. Because first, Mystique takes the form of one of Gambit's students, Fox, who, is, who never existed, who was Mystique the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and tries to seduce him to prove, like, oh, you can't be in a committed relationship with Miss, with Rogue. And he doesn't do it and because he, he it. loves he's Rogue. Like, he says, no, uh, no, sweetheart, uh, that's very kind of you, but uh, I, I can't do, I can't go for that. No can do. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, wow, Remy, I'm impressed. Maybe this will be better for you. And tries to turn into Rogue, like, at, like. What is fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Welcome to MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those books. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you are nasty, joining me on this book for our, it was going to be slightly late, but it's right on time, Valentine's Day special, uh, to talk about the Marvel Infinity comic, Karma in Love, it's Jesse. Hello, this is your uh, resident lesbian correspondent, Jesse, and also resident karma correspondent. <laughs> after, after mechanics, and after I read this, I was like, well, I, I can't not, I can't have anybody but you on uh, to talk about this. I was so glad you asked because it's how I found out that the story had wrapped up because I had yeah, mostly been following week. it. I had mostly been following it through, like, I have been following the writer and, uh, penciler and inker on the like on twitter for years he mm -hmm. i'll talk about it more later but he writes this he wrote this fantastic graphic novel that i love um and uh, called the magic fish and so i've been following him on twitter and i saw these panels and i was like oh that's funny i should read this i'll wait till it wraps and uh this is how i discovered that it wrapped this week so i read it this morning and oh boy did i go <laughs> mildly feral the entire time <laughs> I, I don't think I've laughed so hard at a comic book in a very long time. It was just nothing but in-jokes and punchlines the entire time. <laughs> I had to try when I read this, because I read this last week um, at my girlfriend's house. She works from home. So I'm sitting there maybe 10 feet from her trying to read this and not laugh. Um, it's it's tackled. so good. And... Okay. This comic really encapsulates, uh, you know, we were talking about this before we got started, um, how the, the Infinity comics in their current form are really like Marvel's answer to like Webtoon, whereas DC's answer to Webtoon was just partnering with, web, with Webtoon. Yeah, they were just like, hey, web, Webtoon we can't beat them, join them. This, this is a really popular format. Um, yeah. Because the original version of the Infinity comics, if you go way back, go back to like 2012-2013 they started the original versions of these which were they were trying to simultaneously push um, their digital storefront and also like it at the time sucked at the time it was terrible um, at, at the time imagine old iTunes where you had to pay like 99 cents per thing and imagine that but Marvel and instead of 99 cents it was like $4 and the website sucked and there was like no subscription 
and it was a, it was a true nightmare. I never used it until this last year because of multiple Infinity comics that I was right. like, oh shit, these aren't gonna be in print for months. I want to support the artists. I want to support the writers. I want to support this whole thing. So like, I should just get a Marvel just, Unlimited subscription, right. and I love it. It's great. <laughs> I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription because I don't have space for trades. Um, That's valid. Um, <laughs> I would buy trades if I had more so space to put shelves. I have so many shelves. I have so many shelves. The entire decoration of my living room is based on what shelves fit where. Fun fact for you comic book collectors out there. Ikea Kallax shelves are the exact same depth as a short box. So... If you need ways to store short boxes of comics, Kallax. I have so much IKEA furniture just because it is the only thing that can fit that my comic works. books. Uh, yeah. What I was gonna say is that the old version of these books, because the new ones they're just like vertical scrolling, um, like what are they like 10, 15 pages? Um, I, there's no page break. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really mostly time passes. Um, the old way it was they did it. The easiest way I can explain it is it was like Photoshop layers, where it would be, you would scroll to one page, and it would be a background, and you'd scroll, and the next panel would add a couple things in, uh, and then the next one would add, like, narration and speech, and then it would just keep going like that. Um, That's weird. It is weird. In some cases, it turns out pretty cool, like... Um, in Avengers vs. X-Men, there's one that ties into that that is Cyclops on the Moon... Uh, revisiting the spot where Gene died, now as himself being the Phoenix. That's, I think, is like, I think that because the story they're telling works so well, it's like it being, it having these like pauses and these like really like long moments to get to the next thing. I think that that works. Yeah, that makes sense. You can also get really cool things with the like long vertical scroll. Um, mm -hmm. webtoon style kind of thing where you can get interesting and different panel pacing. Um, I've talked multiple times on previous episodes that I've been on about how um, page turn gags are my absolute favorite thing mm -hmm. in all of comic books. It must involve me physically flipping a page and it must be like a setup at the bottom right corner of the right hand page and a punchline at the top left of the left hand page of the next one. I f I've found that it can be similarly very funny here yes. with the act of scrolling. It's because you only get this tiny little window on. So I ended up reading this on my phone because my phone is skinnier and taller. Normally, I read on my iPad if I'm reading digital comics because it's the same height as a comic so that I can. Right. It's, it's like reading paper. But I actually found my phone worked way better for this because it had a better aspect ratio. But you still get the act of I have to participate in the punchline. Right. By scrolling, and I can't see it to accidentally spoil myself. It's like when you're watching a comedy show and you have subtitles on and it spoils oh, the punchline in there. It's not as good. It's it's the opposite of that because you can't see the page. You can't accidentally read faster than you're actually absorbing the information. And it made things so much funnier. <laughs> like exponentially funnier. Yeah. When you would scroll a little bit and you'd be like, Ooh, that's a good face, and you could just sit on a reaction image for a little bit and then keep going. Uh, so I like the format quite a lot. The um, format works; it's great. Um, my thinking is that, like, this is really kind of the slice of life kind of thing 
that I want as an option in my comics, you know. Oh my I, god, me too. Like, I have, one of the few trades I do have is called Spider-Man A Day in the Life. And there is a section in that where Peter's just, like, hanging out, like, going to Mets games. <laughs> like, just doing whatever. Um, yeah. And also I, good that he's a Mets fan. I'm glad he's not a Yankees uh, fan. Well, I feel like that would be out of character if he was a Yankees Queens. Of course he's a Mets yeah. fan. Like, if you take the creation of Spider-Man back, like, 20 years, like, if you go, if instead of being made in the 60s, he's made in the 40s, Peter probably roots for the Giants. I don't know enough about baseball. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is this has reached the end of Jesse's knowledge of okay. baseball. So here's your base. Here's your. You check this off the, on the bingo card early. Marcus's sports lecture. <laughs> Have we actually made the bingo card yet? I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I okay. gonna do it. Um, Stay tuned for a bingo card of common things said in these episodes. Um, baseball history. Check it off. Uh, so. The Giants. Base, baseball teams used to be really like kind of like fluid in where they were. Like the the Oakland mm. Athletics used to be the Kansas City Athletics. The Milwaukee Brewers used to be the Seattle Pilots. Um, oh, yes. Okay, never so, even heard of that. Uh, the whole, it's a whole thing. When the A's moved from Kansas City, oh, the Cleveland Indians got stolen and turned into the Baltimore Orioles, and then it, they never won again. <laughs> and now they're the Guardians. I feel like you're conflating two different stories. Entirely possible. You are you're combining the origin of the Baltimore Ravens. That's it. The Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns, and then they moved. This has reached the edge <laughs> of my knowledge. But basically, Truly? baseball teams used to move around a lot. Um, sports teams in general used to move around a lot, but with baseball, it was a whole thing. Um, so, for example, when the A's moved from Kansas City to Oakland, um, there was, like, a senator in in Missouri who was pissed. And he was like, "I we need to put a team back in Kansas City. And was going to go through all these legal things and antitrust things to, like, force Major League Baseball to do it. And so the league went, fuck it, fine, whatever. But for balance, we have to put a second team somewhere else. That ended up being Seattle. So that team is the Seattle Pilots, who then become the second incarnation of the Milwaukee Brewers. Then, to replace that... To replace that, there's a great documentary on it uh, called uh, just straight up the history of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, How do you know this? I watch a lot of documentaries. I believe this is just this is fascinating. Keep going. Uh, The Seattle uh, pilot or the to replace the pilots, the Mariners get created. A similar thing happened with the uh, that led to the creation of the Mets. The Dodgers and the Giants both used to be in New York. There were three teams. It was the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants. Then, uh, when the Dodgers wanted to move from Brooklyn to L.A., the league agreed, but only if the Giants also moved to keep the rivalry. So then the New York York baseball Giants moved to San Francisco and become the San Francisco Giants in the 60s and are replaced a few years later by the New York Mets. Prior to the invention of the Mets, the Giants would have been the team that somebody in Queens would have probably rooted for. Meaning that if Peter Parker was created around the same time as, say, Superman, he would be a Giants fan. 
I listen. If people want to hear it, I will do a whole fucking bonus episode of this show that is just me talking about what sports teams people would root for uh, in comic books because I am full of these. I would legitimately and unironically love to listen to that, even though I know, as we are being very clear, I know nothing about sports. For the record, the Super Bowl ended like two hours ago. I don't know who won yet. I haven't looked. I was cooking dinner. It was, unfortunately for me, the Kansas City Chiefs. I say unfortunately oh, that's... for me because, hey, here's a piece of Marcus lore. My dad is a big Raiders fan, so much so that my name is Marcus because my dad's favorite player was Marcus Allen. That's, that is the origin of why my name is my name. My middle Marcus name was- Lore. My name was supposed, my middle name was supposed to be Allen. And then my mom was like, you're getting a little, you're flying a little close to the sun there. And it began. <laughs> um, anyway, I like these slice of life things about comics for those of you that just so get forward like three minutes. <laughs> That's um, fair. Uh, and it's hard to get slice of life stuff like this in comic books because, and this is one of those, like, I wish it wasn't the case, but, and here's, here's my one to two minute wild tangent, but this is about publishing in the comic book industry. For those who do not know, the way that publishing works in the comic book industry in terms of like what books get picked up um, has to do so much with pre-orders, pull lists, slash subscriptions, and um, physical sales, which is a bummer, uh, like a huge bummer for a lot of more diverse stories and diverse creators who frequently get greenlit to do books that are digital, like the one that we're going to be talking about today. Um, sometimes those get printed later, but basically it's seen as less of an investment because truly it is right. to release something digitally versus going through, uh, I think Marvel is still using Diamond, Diamond DC yeah. isn't anymore. But uh, going through a, you have to go through your printers, you have to go through your distributors, you have to send it to all of the local comic shops around the country, not even considering international. Um, all of those comic shops have to like guess how many books they're going to need, which is why they need pull lists. Like when I go to my local comics store, um, Phoenix Comics and Games in Seattle, if you, anyone is around Seattle, I want to plug them as much as I can. They're great. Love all the people there. Um, but like, I tell them I want Batman, Red Robin, not Red Robin, Tim Drake Robin. That's it. Uh, but like all these X-Men books, I, I, I give them a promise that I will purchase them if they buy them for me and put them in a folder with my name on it. And I show up and I say, I would like my books, please. And then they hand them to me and I pay them and I leave. This is like a gentleman's agreement between me and this store, which has to predict how many issues of Batman they need to buy every month. And sometimes they guess wrong, and then the store loses money. Sometimes they underguess, and then because orders go in three months in advance, then there's not enough copies printed, which is why books can be super rare. So all of that is to say that it's a crazy setup. It is absolutely insane in terms of a dis distribution system. So books that are not guaranteed to push big numbers are seen as large risks by the big two publishers. And they don't frequently get physical paper releases. Which leads us to this issue, or this series that we're reading today, which is an Infinity comic that's, I think, taking some really big swings with art style. 
and I love the art content. Love the art and the content and how fucking gay it is. Yeah, um, so these are all uh, things that would disqualify it if it was in print. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, like these books, the the Love Unlimited series, they just focus on they're like five five to six issues about like a character like and their romantic life. So like yep. the first one, the Wicked is, and uh, Hulkling one, Wicked and Hulkling. Um, Ms. Marvel and Red Dagger. Uh, like, there's a lot of different. There was a Viv Vision one that I haven't yes. read yet, but I saw. Uh, I love um, that. Uh, I, by the way, I love that the visions are just black. Um, I like they. They're not built that way. They just decided, like, okay, I need to put up a human front. Black people. <laughs> I didn't know that because I've only read the Tom King Visions twelve issue because mm-hmm. I don't usually read Avengers stuff. I read Young Avengers stuff and I read X Men stuff. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of my, and Hawkeye stuff specifically, <laughs> which like, I consider an extension of Young Avengers. I feel like if you are like an X Men person, you have like your one, uh, your designated Avengers character, right? Yep, and that like is Hawkeye. Is, that's it. <laughs> mine is Spider Man, right? Like I love yep. Peter. I love Miles. I'll read their books. Uh, I might dip my, you know, dip a toe, peek in on a Hulk if I hear that it's really good. Uh, but you're asking me to commit to read an Iron Man book? Doing a lot. Yeah. Nope. Oh, I'll read Daredevil nope. too. Like I like Daredevil. Um, oh, Daredevil's incredible. The, the plugging the Chip Starsky Daredevil. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. It's. Uh, oh, I never thought I would root for Kingpin, but my God, I rooted for Kingpin. Ooh. Oh, anyway, that's not what this episode is about. And we at some point. Oh, we Gary, totally should. Not right now. Rain, let me know. <laughs> Gary, I would like to hear you talk about Devil's Rain. <laughs> um, but this, so this Infinity comic, right, like these, basically these books are just like these little slices of life, and it's wonderful. They're they're just dedicated to these these really introspective things about these characters. This one focuses on our friend. Karma. Uh, also, now forever known as Swan. Yes. Uh, because they finally fixed her name. <laughs> I don't um, remember if we talked about it on the mechanics episode, but her old name, Shad Koi Man, is like 0% Vietnamese. <laughs> that literally is not <laughs> in any way, shape, or form Vietnamese. Not, not the first name, not the last name, not the spelling, none of it. Zero uh, percent. And I learned that like a year or two ago when the writer of this series tweeted an angry like Twitter thread. Not angry as in like mean, but he just was like, just frustrated. Just fed up. Just like this is not how yeah. the character's name would work at all. Um, yeah, so um <laughs> the author uh and this is this next part is on me. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. I believe it's Win, but his name is Trung uh, Le Nguyen. Trung if Nguyen. I'm saying that correctly. I, 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 yeah, you're I, sh- I should have Googled the pronunciation on that one. I did not. Um, he's at Trungles on Twitter. I know that. Uh, I've been following him for years, and he did this whole diatribe on, like, this is not accurate. This would be closer. Maybe that would be closer. This it's sounds like wrong out loud. It's like close in two different directions. Yeah. Um, I should also mention he's um, Vietnamese. Yeah, and so, so he he knows. <laughs> and so um, and his uh, graphic novel 
The Magic Fish, which I highly recommend. It made me cry. It's very gay. It's very cute. It has incredible art and honestly some of the best pacing and panel layout of any comic I have ever read. Um, and that stands true like two, two and a half years after I've read it. It's spectacular. Everyone should go read it. Um, like, go buy a copy. It's so good. And yeah, he did this whole like diatribe. So I was really excited when I heard that he was writing a karma thing and he fixes her name. So it is now pronounced Swan. Um, when we get there, we will we'll spell it out. Or actually, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But uh, so retroactively, we have been pronouncing her name incorrectly in yeah. <laughs> the mechanics episode. But in our defense, it's how, that how it's had not been made at the time. And that's how it's written on the page. Like a lot of times her we name did is our best. out S-H-A-N. Um, that's what it yeah. is. We didn't do it. Um, yep. Uh, the the issue is that um, you know in the seventies and eighties and, and even into the early nineties there was no Google there was no internet nope people were going were just taking swings um, like famously nope. uh, uh, Fabian Cieza misspelled uh, Conan's real name like um, he like there's a W in there that should not be in there and he's like yeah I got it out of a book. Um, yeah, he went just, to the library in New York City and like read yeah, a book, and it was spelled wrong in the book. But he went with that, um, you know. So there, it's truly a lot of people using the resources that they had at the time. Um, yeah. But this book is about her and uh, about uh, her love life. Um, her crazy, <laughs> crazy love life. Her finally, like it's it's really interesting because karma comes out. In what, like ninety nine, two thousand? Like, as a joke, as, as a, a punchline. As a yes, like in um, she's at in, Weird Burning Man. They sh- the New Mutants show up. Sorry, X Force, which yes, is mostly they, the X Force now at this point. Show up. She's got pink hair and like two girlfriends and is living her best life. And they're all like, really "Wow, cool Karma!" Buzz cut. Um, it's good. She looks cool as fuck. Um, but they're like, wow, Karma, I didn't know you were a lesbian now. And everyone was like, yeah, Karma is a lesbian now. That's stuck. And yeah. so you get a lot of like references to it. But you never, I think this is the first time, this book is the first time that she ever gets like a girlfriend on page. Because we talked about it. All, we can't count. We can't, we can't count, count Captain Kate Pride. Right. Um, because it, she doesn't we, count. We don't see it on the page. It's implied. <laughs> It's very heavily implied. I, I cannot stress enough that in issue five of Mechanics, they share the biggest fuck looks I've ever seen. Like, Their faces like, are two inches away from each other. They are gonna kiss, and then a goddamn it's, sentinel shows up. So it's, you it's, know what? <laughs> sentinels. There are two two specific times in a Marvel comic where I've looked and went, "Oh, that is a fuck look," and it is that. Yeah. And it is in issue, I think issue 11, 10 or 11. The new X-Men? <laughs> oh, that. Um, and also the, the newest Runaways run, where Nico is oh, looking, yeah. Nico looks at, uh, at Carolina and it's like, th- they are going to fuck. These two are about to go have crazy sex. Uh, there's, yeah. no t- there's no two ways about it. She is... Yeah. It's crazy, and it's the exact same look that uh, Kitty and Karma give each other in uh, in mechanics. 
And so this mechanics is the early 2000s, and as much power as Chris, Chris Claremont has, he did not have that much power. However, Chris power. Claremont did what he does best, and he puts homoerotic subtext into every single comic that he writes. He's if, just like these women are gay for each other. If there he does are it two all the time. On page in a Chris Claremont book, there they want to fuck each other. Their relationship is one of two ways: they are either a mother and daughter, metaphorically or literally. Or they are about to have sex. Uh, just, yeah. Or they are. Or option three, they're Storm and Jean. <laughs> they're Jean Grey and her emotional support black woman. Jean Grey, as as much like I, as much as I believe that the vast majority of ex women are gay, I fully believe Jean, Jean Grey is straight. Is, 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 Jean Grey is so straight that it Jean hurts. Grey is Storm, so on the other hand. And she Storm, on the other hand, like <laughs> Callisto, Yukio. Oh my God! Uh, yeah. Um. But Karma being gay was a punchline, and then it was this like unspoken secret Look that no one could really say. <laughs> we also, I think, this also comes up in either the Academy X episode or the uh, Mechanics episode. Good Lord, I really am the Karma correspondent. <laughs> Because she shows up and Danny tries to hook her up with the barista yes, at the local coffee shop. And, also, and so like it gets brought up there, but Karma doesn't get a girlfriend because no. she should be Danny's girlfriend. Um, right, we mentioned Danny there. Like we mentioned the homoerotic crucible fight with Danny which, on multiple episodes. Which is, gonna come up uh, which is also gonna come up in this, but Danny's not like her girlfriend at the time. And something bold and wonderful happened in uh, 2021, the first of the now annual Hellfire, Hellfire Gala, which, gotta say, that first Hellfire Gala, truly an incredible event. What a wonderful oh, crossover. Is, the a delight. Hellfire Gala is like a, an event. Like, I think from now on... It's, it's like 20 issues. Uh, it's like the main X-Men title. Uh, it's every all book, Every book gets, a, uh, gets like a... <laughs> You know, a crossover, a tie-in. Um, and the only... I think the only one that it's like, they probably could have got away with not having one was Hellions. And theirs is a blast. Theirs is the, so much The Hellions fun. one is so good. The Hellions... I would not cut that for anything. I would cut all the Wolverine bullshit before I would cut that Hellions issue. That I Hellions issue... Cool in that. I just remembered... Why the fuck is Deadpool the X-Force issues? Why Deadpool is, is in the X-Force issues. He's also because Deadpool sells books. Be oh, God. I'm, I'm a little behind. I didn't know that. But no, Deadpool sells issues. That's why. Oh, I know why Deadpool's in the X-Force issues. Because Craven the Hunter cut yep. him out of the stomach of a polar bear. Yep. He got eaten by a polar bear, and, and yep, Craven the Hunter showed up. Yes. Uh, anyway, so in the original Hellfire Gala, in the background, uh, Swan was seen dancing with a uh, character that, to my knowledge, had been introduced like once before in, in the, like a tie-in Pride special. Okay, who was just in? Oh, it was the Pride special, but it took place during the Hellfire Gala. So anyway, it was like two years ago, year and a half, where it was announced like. Oh, Karma has a girlfriend. No, it's not Danny. And it's this girl who's got like wings. And yes. look how cute they are and how gay they are. Awesome. And then we got zero details <laughs> about this relationship since that day. A year and a half and nothing. Because, Fucking nothing. 
because Karma goes on a gigantic, like four issue straight homoerotic adventure into Otherworld with Danny, hypothetically while she's dating this girl with wings that like never shows up in that book because that's a new mutant story and it's just Karma and Danny. And then Danny, you know, stabs her homoerotically. Um, Which is interesting. The interesting thing is that the Pride thing, the, like the story in the Pride special that introduces her, is written by Vita Ayala, who was also writing yeah. mutants at the time. So I, I have to figure they just couldn't, um, like, they're like, okay, here's like the macro story I want to tell. I don't have time to like do this. My only thought is that, and this is where I need to double check because it's entirely possible that I'm getting my years wrong because pandemic time um, because it's based out of the first Hellfire Gala it's entirely possible that the Pride special storyline comes out the next year or is it at the same time as the no, first Hellfire Gala this is the first Hellfire Gala so it was 2021 because that's yes. also Pride Month Hellfire Gala is during Pride Month by I, the way I think these it's June. Just kind of overlapped in a weird way because yeah, it just didn't hit the later New Mutants stuff. She yeah. just never came back. Because well, they're doing the Shadow King thing. Like the, the remember yeah. the story coming out, like going into New Mutants out of the Hellfire Gala was who killed Gabby, uh, and um, that that story can that, we don't have to go. We can talk about it. Uh, Gabby is that was the second Hellfire Gala. No. The Shadow King part was more recent, wasn't it? That story went on for like a year. Gabby gets, um, get, the, there are two people that die at the first Hellfire Gala. It's Gabby and Wanda. Because Gabby yeah. had been going on uh, the whole time about like what happens to clones. So it couldn't have been before Hellions ended. And it couldn't have been before they uh, invented the um, the waiting room. You're right. Um, oh my god, yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> wow, that was that was that a year was, and a half ago. That was twenty twenty one. That was twenty twenty one. Um, um all that sorry listeners, Hellfire, as you as you witnessed me realize in real time. because uh, remember the Hellfire Gala this year set up um set up judgment day. Right. It was setting up okay. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. For, for context, I'm a little be, I'm a little behind on Marvel comics. Generally, I got I got pretty sick toward the end of summer last year and stopped reading comics for a couple of months because of all of that. And so there's it's kind of like a lost timeline. And it was right in the middle of Judgment Day. Uh, I read some fantastic X-Men Red issues and then I tapped out for like four months <laughs> and I'm diving back in. So the timelines are a little fuzzy, but you're right. That was a very busy first Hellfire game. It, it was very anyway, busy. A lot of things happened. Uh, so this other girl literally like does. Oh God, <laughs> I'm so sad about that. Um, so this other girl, who, based on the fact that I'm literally calling her other girl, I do not remember her name, and it's not on the page in front of me immediately. So that's why I'm not L. saying it. Thank you. Uh, it's Gabrielle, <laughs> but everybody calls her L. Um, okay. The um, got, got me off this is like the most character. <laughs> yeah, this is the most character development, from my knowledge, that this other girl has gotten is in this. Yes, you like, yeah, love. This is the 
if you check her Marvel Wiki page, this is all that's there. Is that like she's at uh, she's on Krakoa, uh, and then uh, she met she meets Karma at the Hellfire Gala. They start dating. That's all that's there. That's all Incredible. anyone knows about her. Um, Speaking of, do you want to dive into it? Yes, uh, let let us yes. get right into that because this does start. This is the other thing about this is that uh, is how I know this is the first Hellfire Gala is because I remember Karma's out. I remember these outfits. Uh, Magic did one had the mask on it. Yeah, I uh, did Google the outfits to double check. I was just like, what was the 2021 Hellfire Gala outfit? So um, good because it uses the silhouette of her powers as so many of the hellfire gala outfits did stuff like that Russell so, remember remember sinks sinks Sink is so good Sink with the, the hat and the rainbow that's so cool um sink my man love him also storms was so good that it just became her costume yes. for a while <laughs> jeans too like jeans was so jeans good that, they, that she just wears it during judgment day <laughs> Yeah, they're um, just like, hey, we we really nailed it. Russell Dodderman really nailed it in one. Let's just <laughs> smash this. Um, so this book opens uh, with uh, with a panel of karma and magic in the background is so great because love it. <laughs> We're talking about a character who is definitely gay, Eliana Rasputin. Oh my god, <laughs> that so many truly the only in this entire book. Of all the people that have speaking roles, the only person that has lines that I do not believe is gay is Rogue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm thinking about like the the classic New Mutants. I'm like, who on that team is for sure heterosexual? Magma? (laughs) Yeah, probably just Magma. Because listen, do you date empath if you have the option of dating women? <laughs> oh shit! Oh god, she dated she dated, on she dated literally the devil uh, in <laughs> yeah in two thousand the two thousand nine New Mutants. Uh, she, dates, she dated Satan. She dated the devil. And empath. And, and empath was worse to her. Then the devil. The devil really liked her. Actually, it was very, very nice to her. And meanwhile, poor Beto is in his room listening to fucking Mr. Brightside. <laughs> <laughs> About Sam. By the way, really, really quick. So this year's X Men vote. <laughs> did you see the promotional materials? I, I just so, saw the one for the Juggernaut and the okay. one for Frenzy. Okay, well... Who did you vote for? Uh, oh, shit, who did I vote for? Um, I would need to see the list of people again. It I is, know I vo- It's Juggernaut, Frenzy, Jubilee, what? Cannonball... Uh, and I don't remember who the other two are. Um, I, I voted for Frenzy. Um, because... I am getting, some way or another, I am getting my messy reunion of people who used to date. I couldn't get it with Monet and Sink. I am going to get it. I am making it happen with my mind, with Cyclops and Frenzy. I would love... Prodigy, how could I forget? The other two options were Dazzler and Prodigy. I voted for Prodigy. I voted for our boy David. Um, That's who I voted for. I voted for David. He's not going to win. Jubilee but, will probably win, 
Mike, Jubilee Mike will probably win. Or, or the Juggernaut. Jubilee, because... Dazzler, or Juggernaut. Are, those are my one, two, three. Um, but anyway, in the advertising, the advertising was like an attack ad against other people. And one of the attack ads that was from Dazzler about Sam was heavily implying that Sam was cheating on his, his wife, wife with Beto. With... <laughs> oh, he, listen, he is not cheating on his wife with Beto. Let's they have things. an agreement. They have an agreement. <laughs> um, she knew what this was when she got into it. Yeah, um, this was this was I am marrying Sam. This is my boyfriend Sam, and this is Sam's boyfriend, boyfriend Beto. Beto. Um, <laughs> shout out to those boys, Nye and Vulnerable, when he is blasting. Yeah. Paul. So uh, all the original New Mutants, except for Magma, are all gay. But yeah, I fully believe that of all the people with speaking roles in this comic, the only one that is not queer is Rogue. But Rogue is the number one ally of every single queer mutant that has ever existed. It's Rogue. Rogue shows up. Moms. She has, she's got two moms. She Rogue gets it. Rogue was raised by gay women in the Reagan administration. She gets it. <laughs> she was hanging around with the original Brotherhood, with, uh, not the original, but uh, with Mystique's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, who are oh, yeah. maybe the gayest group of supervillains I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there's fucking Destiny, Pyro, Pyro, Avalanche. <laughs> Pyro, Avalanche. Oh my god, it's even Blob. I fully believe oh, Blob, Blob is not straight. Blob, Blob is there's no way pan or something. There's there's no way he's straight, but he does unfortunately have a thing for telepaths. And Ooh. before we get there, we should Who get into it. Us? Who among us? Uh, <laughs> so we're uh, at the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> Yeah, we're at the Hellfire Gala, and we get some narration from Karma. Um, and she says, uh, you know, my they call me Karma. I'm a mutant, and my powers are all about control. Control is everything. But sometimes, This is a theme. Yes. A running theme. Sometimes life throws you uh, a major curve, and a ma- major coup de feu knocks you right off balance. I like that she still speaks French. I like that. Me too. That. Um, despite the fact that uh, she is no longer from... Uh, you know, uh, French-controlled Vietnam. Don't worry about it. Sliding time skill. Sliding time skill. Don't sweat it. Um, She's got a master's degree. She learned things. Yeah. She Uh, knows things. She says, for me, that was Elle. So beautiful, vibrant, and fun. I was so nervous to talk to her, terrified that I would do or say something wrong. But Elle made it feel so natural. And they, they kiss. This art style is so gorgeous. I love the way this book looks. It's um, so cute. The colors are wonderful. There's little stars everywhere. There's little sparkles. When when we say that this is, it's literally called like karma in love. When we say that this is a romance comic, we are not kidding. And we truly mean that like this has all of the genre trappings of romance comics, but yes. it is about X-Men characters. This is not a superhero comic that has some romance plot. This is a, this is a romance, romance comic, comic with some superpowers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, so it's got beautiful, soft, pastel colors. It has very pretty hair. Everyone's blushing at all times. There's little sparklies all over the place and little stars in the background. Elle, yeah. the girlfriend who has like, she's got similar powers to Angel, but apparently she's also an airbender. I don't really know. But like, that's what I'm gathering from this. Every time <laughs> she's in frame, there's like feathers floating around, almost like cherry blossoms in an anime, but there's feathers. The other Guthrie children irrelevant. Icarus okay. found dead in a ditch. <laughs> uh, excuse you, Icarus found dead in a church. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Arrow, is, who is so un, uh, unimportant that they literally gave her code name away and put it on a different character. Okay, no, Arrow's not so unimportant. Arrow's the first person that ever dies in the Crucible. Well, actually, the first person we ever see die in the Crucible to Apocalypse. We get to watch Arrow get murdered As like, in front where, of a lot of where people. Where have we seen Ms. Melody Guthrie since? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> We saw her brother Jay for two panels in one of the X Factor issues before uh, X Factor X Factor got canceled. Jay he was also in the background. Here's in a recent issue of New Mutants, I think. He doesn't talk though. He doesn't talk, Does he? but he's there. Uh, doesn't talk. He's uh, been fully replaced. D- does not matter. <laughs> doesn't matter um, anymore. Because she can do more than just fly. She's also an Airbender. Right. Um, one thing I really like. Um, so L is Filipina. And uh, one I thing know that. Uh, I really like is that um, she and Karma, despite both being Asian, have very different skin tones. Dramatically different. Like Swan is uh, is very uh, like pale, like and mm-hmm. and Elle is a lot more like peach toned. Um, and so uh, she says, sometimes control can be stifling. And losing a little bit can feel sweet. And so this is where we get the right so out of her cute. name. And they're kissing and they're floating off the ground. And like Elle's wearing a pretty dress that's flowing everywhere and there's sparkles. I truly This is uh, My if, if if this had existed when I was like a teenager. I say this book Truly was, Yeah. I feel like I would have become a different person. <laughs> Like, I feel like I would have, in a good way. There's I feel a lot like of stuff truly, you would have sorted out a lot sooner. Way faster. <laughs> We've addressed this before. But I mean, truly, like, it would have been, this would have been like a warm hug. Yes. And it still is a warm hug. Mm-hmm. As at, at the yeah, age like, of 27. Like, part of the reason I wanted you to be on this uh, was that, like, I read this and I was just like, wow, if this makes me feel good, I can only it's imagine so what this does to somebody who can relate very like very much to this like uh, to this perspective and very much to it's so good like this experience it's uh, so good also i feel like i should mention the author um is a gay man mm-hmm. who frequently writes about like queer stories yeah. and so like going into this i knew it was gonna be good i love his art i love his writing i knew it was gonna blow me away uh and it is it's so good and it's 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 so cute yeah, it's, also it's the hair is beautiful. The hair is great. The yeah. hair is, is so like noodly, but very dramatic and swoopy. It's mm-hmm. like, when this goes up, uh, we should all like tweet screenshots from this. Yes, uh, most of them will be faces that Rogue makes because <laughs> Rogue makes Rogue great. some great faces. Um, so she says, uh, Elle says, so Shan, and she says, hey, call me son. She says, huh? <laughs> uh, Shan is, uh, let's call it a mispronunciation. It's like ordering a coffee and you say your name and the barista ringing you up does their level best, but you know, but you both know you're not stopping to chat. You're just trying to get your coffee and go. She says, except this, the barista in this case is all of your teammates and your friends. I think we're be- all beyond stopping and chatting. She says, well, you're right. I think it's about time. I just need to work up to everybody telling everyone. But I want you to call me by my name. My real name. It's so cute. It's the face Literally like, is so adorable. <laughs> and, and it's 
It's so cute also because it's like, yeah, every single person who's ever been close to me has been mispronouncing my name for the and entire I've time that they've the known me. To tell them that they were And I've there. never had the heart to tell them, but you, relatively new person, person who I've just, just made met. out with just met who I've just made out with on a dance floor because I'm a little tipsy. Um, I would like you to call me by my actual name. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I want you to call, you know, I want this relationship to start out on this real right foot where I am uh, telling you, like, this is my name. And also the trust of, I know, like, that's the other thing to consider too, is that because Elle is Filipina, there's like a level of trust that Swan has as like a you know, fellow Asian person of like, I know that you know what this is like. So I yeah. know that you are going to do this if I tell you that you're saying it wrong. Oh, and everyone for the rest of the comic calls her Swan. Oh, we should also mention how this is spelled. So Swan, it's pronounced like Swan, but it is spelled um, X-U-A-N, but above the A is one of those accents that um, looks like a little... Like roof a, of a house. Yeah. It's it, it points up. Yes. Um and so X U A N I'm forgetting what that accent is called. I learned it in French long, long ago, but I took six years of French and I cannot speak it. So uh, listen, I took like three years of Spanish and I I understand it way better than I speak it. Um yeah. truly truly not a thing that I know the name of, but um that is how it is spelled. It is pronounced one. So- like like a swan, one, but with a but U. With a U, yes. Um, and so L says, I. They like have that. not explained her last name, by the way. They've just they've just fixed the first one. So like they've I'm gonna the spelling on her last name, but they have not said how it's spelled. Yeah, um, how it's pronounced. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying Coin Man until I am told otherwise for the rest of the last name. But Swan yeah. is her first name. Uh, and so this panel where she says, I like that, it touches her face. Oh, it's is, so good. It's so good. And it's so, so good. They dance. There's so much staring into each other's eyes. Yes. Dreamily staring into each other's eyes. Is yes. Like A lot of like, one... hands on chins and like. It's so good. Oh. And so. It's so good. She says, I don't think I, like they start to dance. She says, I don't think I know this one. She's like, oh, it's fun. You want me to show you? She's like. He says, wait, you can move my feet for me, can't you? And she says, oh, I don't think I've ever used my powers like that. In case you forgot, her power is like a form of mind yeah. control. Um, and she says, She well, can take over your body and yeah. move you around, be you, um, do all of that stuff. It's usually very, it's by force. Yeah, and usually it is specific not. Form of, like telepathy. Or I guess yeah. it's more like a very specific form of telekinesis. Because I don't think she can read people's minds. Uh, she does some stuff with Tran like later in this comic that makes yeah, me think that think it's that a little more like, telepathy. It's like a twin telepathy with them, though. It's, it's yeah, maybe strange in how it works. Like how can Monet read her brother's mind? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> My God, I don't know. I don't know as many Monet details start as talking you do. About fucking Emplate, it's just not. We are not. <laughs> We're not doing it, but I will later when it be- when it becomes relevant. I will bring up the Marvel team up issue where Tran shows up because until this comic, I believe he's only got two like corporeal appearances. Right, all, in all the comics, the and I've read both of them. Been trapped in her her mind. Forty. Oh, oh God, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, eighty-two. Um, and or so- eighty-one, around there. 
But anyway. Karma uses her powers uh, to... uh, Because Elle asks. Yes. Elle Elle requests this. And so she, like, teaches her the steps to this dance with her... And Elle specifically looks her in the eyes really close, like, kissing distance, and is like, I trust you. It's, It's very... (laughs) <laughs> like her it's, like Karma's uh, face is totally flushed like she's so close to her and she's like I trust you and it's like this is an example of a face that people make to each other when they are about to go have the craziest sex that you have ever had in your life these two people these are going two, to fuck one of these two is going to be wearing the other's ankles as earrings by the end yeah. of this evening um it, does that sound crude yes is there any other way to put it no uh these two are going to have the craziest sex of either of their lives uh, the moment this party is over. Did you ever use mind control and also been flying? Because that's what they're going to do. Yeah, um, it's, it's going to be nuts. Uh, and so they, they dance and then we get the flashback of the Crucible. Uh, and... Before that, really quick, Karma's powers are just drawn impeccably in this. Yes. They're like these pink lines that radiate out around her head, like the kind of magenta that was in old comics that was just the color of it, but it's yeah. just her eyes turn pink and there's these cool like, like squares and abstract things. squares in the background her hair goes all awesome. It's a really, really cool like, I, I'll probably post these panels. I really like these ones. Yeah. Um, and they're dancing and it's just it's great. Uh, and, uh, and Karma's having a good time. Having a great time. And then we get the flash uh, back to the Crucible. She says, here on Krakoa, mutants have an, aborted, uh, have an opportunity to be reborn. We enter the arena to be made raw, to regain mutant gifts or reshape our bodies. Control now, in this panel, really quick before you continue, in this panel where she says reshape our bodies, I do want to mention, at this point, we didn't mention this before because it happened after mechanics. Yes, Karma has this. a robot left leg. It happens um, during Second Coming. She gets um, she gets her leg pinned by like a sentinel or something. Yeah, she's horribly injured and her left leg is like... Is amputated. Completely wrecked, amputated. has to be amputated. Yeah. And she gets a robot left leg. Um, so from like the upper thigh all the way down. It is fully robot-like. Well, fully and auto, like, it's auto-mail. It looks like... It's auto-mail. It's truly... And it's the same leg. It's truly FMA. Yes. But with one of the legs. And, and a very important thing is that after she goes through the crucible, she comes back out the other side and she with still does not have the leg. Yeah. And she still has the prosthetic leg. So she made the decision. And I want to explain that now because of the line of to regain mutant gifts she didn't lose her mutant gifts or reshape our bodies she did not reshape her body she wants to none of her crucible experience was about changing her physical form in any way she comes out and she still has the prosthetic leg which is very important to a lot of people so i wanted to mention that she uh yeah she goes through the crucible here and she picks danny to to fight her um she wants to free her brother uh, she says, you know, I've control is something I've worked my whole life to develop. I've fought for it. I've struggled to claim it for myself and for others, like my brother Tran. And in the arena, I died to take it back. Because uh, Danny just stabs her clean through with an arrow. While crying. Yep. Danny's really not happy about it. Um, they both give it their all, though. Um, if you want to read this, it is the conclusion to a Karma and Danny arc that is in the Vita Ayala New Mutants. Yeah. So I, I roughly around 
around like the early 20s late teens early 20s that's kind of the era so somewhere in there yeah Yeah. Um, i don't remember the exact issue but like go read it it's fantastic it's Uh, oh it's so good it's drawn by uh an incredible so good the whole uh, thing so the uh, um you know we get her coming out of the uh of the egg one thing I've always liked about the you know the mutant resurrection is that when mutants are resurrected, their resurrection is presided over by Storm. Great. Uh, who has never died. <laughs> Storm, who is notably one of, if not the only mutant to have not gone through this experience because she refuses. Until now. Karma had never died either. That's why the leg thing is important because, like, Karma, in between, you can get very specific Car- with the um, with your details because the five yeah. who are again to recount it, it is uh, Hope Summers, uh, Proteus, Egg, 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 Tempest, and who am I forgetting? Elixir. Elixir. Uh, our boy Josh. Shout out to Josh. Uh, Shout out to Josh. They. He's grown up a lot. Yes, you. The, but the five of them, you can tell. Like, if you're somebody who, like, expects to be resurrected soon, you can get very specific with certain details. Um, like in the case of Quentin Choir, he's maybe too specific. Yeah, they hate him for it. There's they a fucking hate about it. He's like, don't give me these certain hair follicles so I never have to get a haircut. Um, he's just yeah. the worst. Um, he's truly insane about it. But a bunch of other people are a lot more reasonable. And they say things like, hey, don't um, put my I, don't, leg back. I don't want this leg. I don't want this leg. Don't put my, don't put my leg back. I like my prosthetic. Uh, yeah. There was the time that Proteus forgot that Laura doesn't have an adamantium skeleton. <laughs> Which was a retcon because, so fun fact, in the X-Men book written by Jerry Duggan, there's this incredible issue in which Polaris, it's like the Polaris focus issue, Polaris um, controls, she puppets Laura Kinney uh, with the adamantium skeleton to protect Polaris from a bunch of things that are attacking her. And it's because Laura Kinney is unconscious at the time because everyone except Polaris is knocked out out and Polaris is the only one up. And she controls Laura Kinney. Problem is, is that no one told Jerry Duggan that uh, Laura Kinney does not have a full adamantium skeleton and that she's only got the claws and the feet. And so they had to, in a later issue, in a different book, not even the same X-Men book. It was a completely different book. They had to have Proteus mention, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that not all Wolverines didn't have adamantium he goes, skeleton. He goes, they, there's somebody, he goes like, remember, David, it's just her, just her claws. He goes, wait, I thought it was the whole skeleton. And she pops up and goes, whoops. Like, they had to address it. Because no one told Jerry. No one told him. Um, um, so, you can be specific to the five. You can be like, hello, please. I would like, I would like the prosthetic leg. It's right, become like part of me. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it was it was a whole thing that Karma went through that like she experienced and came to terms with and she's very comfortable with and feels like as part of her body and she wanted to keep it. So but grateful for that. Like Charles Xavier, for example, would say, No, don't put me back in the wheelchair. That's uh, why he can walk. <laughs> that's why Charles can walk. Uh because Charles resents his disability. Yeah. Uh because Charles was injured uh by like a demon. 
Uh, and yeah. they, through Shi'ar science, gained the ability to walk back, and then the Shadow King took his legs again? Uh, he, was it the Shadow King, or was it somebody else? It was, it was. Okay. Yes, it was the Shadow King took his ability to walk again, and then he briefly got it back because Apocalypse healed him with the T.O. virus, and then, then he went they, roller skating with Jubilee, yeah. and then yes. he lost it again. Yes, which is um, very sad. It's, and like, half the time he's in a wheelchair and half the yes. time he's not. Like, Popular Imagination remembers the wheelchair because of the movies and because of the show. Cartoon, yeah. But, but it's like a 50-50 shot. Charles is, like, just walking around, and it's always... It, what what fucking book is it? Where Charles? Oh, it's in uh, it's in uh, it's in the Moira focus in uh, in Powers of Ten, mm. where Charles is like sitting on the pork bench. Yeah, he's just chilling. <laughs> he's making he's sitting on the pork bench, making that face. <laughs> yeah, he's he's making a very confused face. He's looking at a bird, and then Moira McTaggart walks up to him and ruins his life. Um, <laughs> she does this. <laughs> truly, truly ends this man's career. Um, it's just like, hi, I, I've been married to you like three separate times and you don't know anything about it. Here we go. Hey, here, time to do this again, Charles. This is like the fourth time I've done this to you. Um, anyway, so uh, Karma comes out of the egg and she, like everyone is, is like fully new. That's the other thing about Krakoan Resurrection that's fully crazy to me. I I love it because it's one of those ass nude. Yes, it's one of those details that's like it's obviously a part of their culture and like a very exciting time. But good lord, the self confidence that must take. So when you get resurrected, you walk out of like the hatchery and you leave out of Arbor Magna and you leave and then you walk and you're on a stage in front of this like auditorium of people outside and storm is there and storm asks you your name and usually you reply with a mutant name and then storm says like this is my sister karma i know her and then you fully nude buck ass naked in front of your country your kinsmen your community everyone in fully nude like hold an arm up and they all cheer for you and then you get to put clothes on listen everyone but not before knows what everybody's bits look like. Everyone They're all fucking each other. It's an island of fucking. Everyone is fucking hanging. Like, it's... <laughs> that's not a surprise. <laughs> They're like, damn, he really... <laughs> that's, where, that's where all the length went. That's why he's so short. <laughs> um, so Karma's there. And this next part, I fully misunderstood what these next panels implied. Um... Mm-hmm. Because Karma comes out of the egg and she's like reborn and everything. And her friends, notably all the gay ones, uh, Danny and Ileana <laughs> and Elle and Elle are all there. And they're all smiling because they're just like, yay, you went through this traumatic thing. And like, now you're awake. Yay, hooray. Um, and then Elle looks away, but is blushing. And I totally thought it was like, oh, I just started dating this girl. And now she's like buck ass naked in front of me was the <laughs> this apparently it's trying to imply that she has conflicted feelings yes but i read it as i'm too horny and i'm in public (laughs) (laughs) and i need to not be looking fucking nude i can't look at her tits in front of everyone everyone will see me looking at her tits because everyone is able to see her tits so i can't they're all um, so i misread this (laughs) listen sister they're all looking too oh everyone's looking you you think you think Ileana's not looking? 
Um, Ileana is absolutely looking. Look at that panel. Look at her face. <laughs> Look at Ileana's face in this panel. She's yeah. sly. She's got like an eyebrow raise. She's like, eh. It's crazy. Is it, um, mm, you know what? I'm going to save that joke. I'm going to. All right. I'm going to put that one in my pocket for a minute. Um, so she... karma goes on to narrate, uh, but sometimes you have to let things go. Control can't be everything. Just when it seems like you can reclaim control of one part of your life. And the next panel is Elle saying, I think I need a little space. I don't know, Swan. I can't explain it right now. And then Karma says, another part spins out. The, and so Elle flies is, away. And then to be continued. When this is explained later, it's like, yeah, of course that was the, the problem. But like, how yeah. could we not see that coming? That was the problem. Um, and so issue 32, which is issue 2. Also, in Karma's defense... Um, Elle is not using her words very well right now. No. Elle does not say like, hey, I need to go be alone for a couple days. I'll be back. It's fine. She doesn't say that. She says like, I don't know, Swan. I just need a little space right now. And then she fucking flies away with that another word. I would assume I, that I just got dumped. I would also assume I just got I, dumped. I, I, I would 100% assume I just got dumped. I, and then she flew away, Danny. I what? <laughs> She does not talk to Danny about this, which brings us to the second issue. Um, and so she says, it opens with her narrating again. She's Probably like, my favorite of all of the issues, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, this one is a, is a gold mine. She says, I'm aware it's a cliche to end up in a place like this after a, a breakup, but cliches exist for a reason. They're comforting, and we all need a little comfort when we're bruised in the heart and the ego. And so she's at the Green Lagoon. Is the bar on Krakoa a thing we should mention? It is, is an open green... bar. Krakoa it's an is open a... bar. <laughs> There's no money. Society. The Bob is just making drinks, which is a great uh, move for him. He chooses to work here because he enjoys it. So does Anol, but Anol's not in this comic. Anol is also gay. Anol He's is the gay like, lizard. Gay He's lizard. the gay lizard. <laughs> like lost an arm. We got a really beefy one. He's, he's, he's the gay lizard. Yeah. Um, and the blob and blob just like wears hawaiian shirts and makes people drinks out of tiki cups the tiki cups have not in this comic but in other comics <laughs> the, the tiki cups have apocalypse's face on them uh, which is incredible because there's a panel at one point there's a panel in early x-force where scott like x-force six or something where scott summers is drinking out of an apocalypse tiki cup which truly deeply shows how far Krakoa has gone to like mend the hearts and minds of its citizens that Scott apocalypse Summers is, is like, drinking out of an apocalypse themed tiki cup. Apocalypse is like a venerated elder in the society of Krakoa. Like people love him. People love him. <laughs> Richter loves him. Richter Richter is sworn <laughs> in his service like but what? Uh, yep. So uh, he says uh What'll it be? Something strong and bitter. It's all right. And he, <laughs> it's every face. Every face that Karma makes. She's so grumpy. She's like, she looks like Grumpy Cat. Literally the meme Grumpy Cat is what she looks like in one of these panels. Like with the frown and the furrow brow. It's, it's straight up Grumpy Cat. Because he and puts this very bright just... green drink in front of her. <laughs> Fantastic. And then Rogue shows up. Rogue with the best her hair has ever looked and yeah, probably like will ever look 
peak Jim Lee era look. I love that they just gave her this costume back. Yeah, this is the best rogue, like, ever. Um, also, Karma's face when Rogue walks up, I just need you to look at that where her head's like tilted to the side and <laughs> her hair's <laughs> She looks, it's she's so, so unhappy. And she says, she's so she, mad. Uh, Rogue comes and says, Don't, doesn't take a psychic to know what's on your mind, sugar. Then tell me, Rogue, what's on my mind? Love troubles? Lucky guess. All right, another one for us gals, Freddie, on me. And he says, You don't have to pay. Uh, oh, right. She's like, right. Oh, right, right. So tell me she lives me. in New York right now because she yes. lives in the treehouse. Yeah. So so she's used to being like, I, I, I have to pay $21 for an alcoholic beverage in this. <laughs> she's got like a hundred real uh, like American dollars in one of the pockets on that jacket. God, um, Rogue, Rogue is so happy-go-lucky. This entire I, conversation Rogue with Swan. And, and Swan looks like she wants to die. <laughs> Rogue and Gambit have really like... You want to talk about, like, I mean, this gets brought up a lot, like, what do you do with a character like, say, Peter Parker, where people are always asking, like, why don't they let him, like, be happy? Why don't they let him be happy? And it's like, happy superheroes are such a rarity because they've usually reached, like, the end of their, like, character journey. And Yeah, they reach of, the end of the story. Right. A great example of how you do this is Rogue and Gambit who are just, like, fully, like, playing the DLC at this fucking point. Uh, they don't give a yeah. fuck. Um, they're, they're having a great time uh, being, hanging out, being married, hanging out with their cats. They get to be separate people. At, yes. In this era, they're in entirely different books. Gambit was dead, we thought, permanently, for, like, five months. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Knights of X, he fucking died in Otherworld, which is supposed like, to be like a full death yes. sentence. If you don't know, if you die in Otherworld, if you die in Otherworld, you die for real. You die in real life. <laughs> uh, because if you um, die in Otherworld, they can bring you back, but you come back a different person. You come it's back like, wrong, like right, wrong slide. Like wrong slide and Gorgon. <laughs> and like Gorgon, which yeah. they did mostly so that he could not be a Nazi. So they get rid of the Nazi stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, don't uh, worry. We killed the Nazi Gorgon and we killed him for real. Uh, um, but then Gambit's just back now. Uh, he mostly just hey, he, out. he went through like a trial. He went yeah. through like a psychic trial and he's back. There was a reason, oh, but my. now now they're basically like, yeah, we brought Gambit back, which means that we've proven we can bring people back in general. Yeah. Uh, Gambit, uh, mostly at this point, just takes his shirt off, and it's it's funny, but you can't build a book on Gambit is here to take his shirt off. They yeah. exist primarily as secondary characters, which works for them, but it uh, oh, might not great. necessarily work for a character as massive as Spider-Man. They'll never retire mm -hmm. Peter Parker. Uh, yeah. As much as Miles sells, as much as people like Miles. Yeah. The money is in is in Parker. Same with Batman. They can't do it with Batman. Like, that's why they had to call off the wedding with Catwoman. That's why Catwoman's going and living her, like, best bisexual life in her book with Teeny Howard. Like, she's not... They can't... They can't do it with those guys. Right. But with the side characters, anyone who's not a number one A-lister... Listen, even the number one A-listers that get married, that shit don't last. Cyclops has been married many a time. They did this thing last year. I think it was on Valentine's Day on Marvel's Twitter where they were like, um, here's your, um, you know, what's your vote for your favorite uh, Marvel marriage? And Cyclops was on there twice. 
Lovely Cyclops and Maddie and Cyclops, and Cyclops and Jean. Yeah. Uh, it's like which of these two identical redheads did you like him with better? Which basically my money's which, on Maddie. Which sister did you like him with? Listen, have I mentioned on this show? Mostly because I love Maddie. I'm gonna get. We're gonna get back to this here. Right? I just want to note: Jean Grey has all of Madeline Pryor's memories. Um. And which now. Means, which means that ha- she has the memories of Madeline's relationship with Havoc. What is dinner like at the summer house? Because, because all of the things that happened to Maddie in like prior to Inferno also effectively happened to Jean. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> which is why G has the memory of giving birth to Cable uh, like which for the record now Maddie has the memories, memories of raising Cable in the future which that is, was in Dark Web recently yeah. that's like a very recent thing ben I haven't actually read that <laughs> I, have, I haven't actually read that one yet I own it but my local comic book shop dude told me about it yeah. uh so, <laughs> shout out to Phoenix Comics and Games in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> um, I asked for that information. I was not just spoiled. Just to be clear. Uh, no, that's, Jean oh has, God, that's Jean has all of Maddie's Outback memories. Jesus Christ. Dinners must be very weird with that family. Like, everybody, oh my God. everybody is either fucking each other in that house or raised each other. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> if we're counting Maddie, Gene, Maddie, and Rachel all raised Nate. Yep. Yeah, they all did. physically older than all of them. Yep. <laughs> that is absolutely the case. And then Gabe is just there yelling, ah, being a problem, <laughs> imagining Petra and Sway. <laughs> That's such a good retcon, too. What a great retcon. Um... Anyway, we talked about this before, but anyway, so Rogue is here being like with her little shit eating grin, having a great time being like, so tell me about the nature of your love sickness. Can't do a great Rogue voice. I'm going to try, but like, it's not going to be fantastic. I'll do my best. Uh, take my take my mind off all the problems around a tree house. You live in a you tree. live in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's big, big tree. It <laughs> uh, says, uh, yeah, I got dumped. That's all. Oldest story in the book. My girlfriend needs space, and we all know what that means. I don't know. Needing space is usually more complicated than a dumping, ain't it? You two just gotta talk it out. No, I think I better see. This is this is where Chloe would have came in uh, real handy. Uh, she's a a southern gal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Both of us are doing our best horrible rogue impressions. Listen, my damage is uh, much better than my rogue. Apparently. It is. <laughs> My damage is just me doing Dusty Roads. I'm just doing Dusty Roads and making it a little French. Um, it says, no, it says, uh, I think I better leave her alone. Uh, I have to be careful about imposing my will. My powers, I take over people completely. I don't want to make her feel like I'm taking over control even a little bit. I don't want to hurt her without meaning to. Oh, honey, I know all about that. I spent my whole life just feeling just like that always worried about hurting other people with a touch i did some growing and so did my powers and now i don't have to worry about that so much 
Remy and I can hold each other, kiss each other, touch each other. <laughs> so your relationship issues went away when you got control of your powers? Nah, my powers are one problem, but a relationship is a whole thing all its own. We've been together a long time. You wouldn't believe the mess we've been in <laughs> through together. Like what? <laughs> Rose, these, Rose. these next two panels, and Rose we we will we will tweet this. I I'm telling you right now, if you are listening to this, I need you to go to Twitter. I need you to go to at MCMFPod, and I need you to look at the photos that are that are going to be posted along with this episode. Yeah, uh, I guarantee this happens specifically for these two panels. Just when when Swan asks, like what? And Rogue, with a dead-eyed stare, chugs her drink. <laughs> and Swan makes this, Swan makes this like, <laughs> Like once one of my mamas tried to break me and Remy up by pretending to be me and seducing him. And we get this very, very funny uh, panel where Mystique is turning into Rogue. Oh my God. And can I try this next one? I'm going to do my best Rogue. We also uh, might have been set up by, uh, well, Matt Feller, you hate. Big guy in the fist, couch surfs on people's brains. Shadow King. The guy. Anyway. <laughs> She's got a fist clenched like Shadow King. She, she looks That's like the guy. The emotion she is expressing is if you've ever watched The Fairly Odd Parents, which I'm realizing now. <laughs> I'm realizing now that show is 24 years old. That show can. How dare you tell me that piece of information? I think they showed maybe 99. It's fucked up. Uh, How dare you tell me that piece of information? It's the exact emotion that Timmy's dad feels when he goes, Tinkleberg! (laughs) (laughs) And um, I want to note the story that Rogue is talking about where where Mystique tries to break her and uh, gambit up by pretending to be her is not exactly how it happens. That's not exactly how it happened, though. Because first... Mystique takes the form of one of Gambit's students, Fox, who is, who never existed. It was Mystique the whole time. Yeah. Um, and tries to seduce him to prove, like, oh, you can't be in a committed relationship with Miss, with Rogue. And he doesn't do it and because he, he it. loves he's Rogue. Like, he says, no, uh, no, sweetheart, uh, that's very kind of you, but uh, I, I can't do, I can't go for that. No can do. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, Wow, Remy, I'm impressed. Maybe this'll be better for you. And tries to turn into Rogue, like at like your reward. The important is that thing you- here is that at this point, Remy and Rogue have only fucked once in the Savage Land when Rogue had no powers because she got like hit by something that took her powers away. So like it's a strain on their relationship that they cannot fuck. So it is an. Im- actually important offer that Mystique is being like, like, I can turn into into Rogue rogue and I will fuck you. And (laughs) And you can fuck Rogue. It'll be like fucking her. And he's like, "Uh, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Uh." Mystique is Rogue's mother. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be very clear about this. Like, like, adoptive mother, not biological mother, but they adopted Rogue when she was was like a baby. Like, baby, toddler, younger than talking, like, truly. Like, like, they taught Rogue how to read. Remember, the- Rogue was, it, this is her mother saying to her long-term boyfriend, I will, I, I will pretend to be her and you can just fuck me, which is crazy. And Gamma didn't do it. And Gamma didn't do it. Because uh, he's reminder. a good man. 
Raymond Lebeau got a lot of scruples, but he's got to... <laughs> I've been called a lot of things in my life. A thief, a killer. It's a thief. <laughs> a thief. There's no way it's a thief. A thief, a killer. But Remy LeBeau ain't the kind of guy who's going to fuck his girlfriend. This is Jamaican. Yeah, that was weird. This is what you Who's going to lie down with his girlfriend's mama. It's just not the kind of man that I am. Mystique. Uh, I I truly uh, I anyone listening who has not does not know the history of uh, Rogue and Gambit, whatever you are picturing, every part of their relationship is a thousand times crazier <laughs> than what you think. It involves Magneto. It involves a Magneto cloak. No, no, no. It involves both. It involves both. It involves Magneto. Because first, the real him, Magneto. And then Joseph. And then Joseph. A clone of Magneto. Yes. It also involves this bullshit. It also involves stealing Kate Pride's wedding. For the record, Kate Pride gave it up willingly. Uh, uh, it involves uh, the Scarlet Witch referring to uh, Rogue as my, and my father's whore. <laughs> Uh, exclusively. exclusively exclusively they're on an Avengers team together and she's just like oh my father's my whore. father's whore it's like she's the like co-leader of this team would you like get get it the fuck together Wanda Jesus. so anyway this is why you all need to go to twitter at mcmfpod and see the screenshots of when Swan asks like what and Rogue chugs her fucking drink because this is the summary of Rogue's entire romantic history in these two panels is Rogue just being like Jesus Christ. It's a lot. Uh, it's so much. But so, then she asks Swan, like, okay, but, like, who's this girl? Like, tell me. She, it's They're in, like, girl gossip time, like, dish about your relationship. She's like, all right, so, so who's this girl? Tell me about this girl. And it's the prettiest, it's, like, mental image. It's, I mean, she's got, like, she's winking, she's blowing a kiss. Uh, Elle is winking and blowing her a kiss, and it's so karma. Like opening I'm, up, like, around her. She her hair like is angel. beautiful. Yeah, she does. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and karma gushes about her a little bit, and uh, she says, she's got these beautiful eyes, and I love watching her fly. The light of the sky filtering through her gorgeous wings. And then Rogue says, hard to name a bird wing mutant who ain't hot as breakfast, come to think. <laughs> and the two ones, the two mutants she pictures are Angel. Are Angel? Who everyone and is hot. Everyone wants to fuck Warren. It's just Angel way- has no shirt on. And this is, I think, <laughs> truly the sexiest anyone has ever drawn Angel. Angel, he's got no shirt on, low-rise jeans. Very pert nipples. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> could cut glass. You, you can see the he's got the V thing going on. Truly very hot. And then the other bird theme mutant that's on here is <laughs> It's fucking beak! <laughs> it's beak! But guess what? It's hot beak. Oh god. Once upon a time I raved about hot doom. This is hot oh, beak. <laughs> this is this is an especially handsome beak. What the fuck? This is the hottest beak has ever been. He's he's like making like bedroom eyes. What the fuck is this? It's incredible. Based uh, on the fact the beak was originally designed by Frank Quitely, who draws everyone as a potato, 
as big as ever been. Listen, I, I fully respect Frank Quietly. The faces are potatoes, though. Someone once said that Brock Lesnar looks like a living Frank Quietly uh, drawing. If you've never seen what Frank Quietly's art looked like, picture Brock Lesnar. I've never seen Brock Lesnar, but I can picture a human being. He <laughs> <laughs> look. He uh, there's no other way to explain him, but he looks like a like a Frank Quietly drawing. If that's the only way I can explain him, if I if to someone who has never seen seen the Beast. My gosh. Anyway, uh, Angel and Beak are both really cute, very hot, very dreamy, and. Yeah. These are yeah, as, Rogue, as asks, Rogue pictures them. Yeah, Rogue asks a couple of questions. Uh, really, really quick. I need to read this one thing that Karma says. She's like, I got the courage to dance with her at the Hellfire Gala after party. She kissed me. I felt like I saw God. I asked her out. We dated. I had to wake Kirk Cohen resurrection in the Crucible ceremony. We broke up. <laughs> but the I saw God. I uh, says I saw God, which is a crazy way to describe a first kiss. Um, I yeah. imagine it is like. Here's the obligatory uh, Scott Pilgrim reference. We talked about that in issue 30, episode 33, 34. Fuck it, whatever. You know what it is. Check um, off something in your bingo card, listeners. Um, in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the scene where Scott and Ramona kiss for the first time, and there's the little Scott uh, in his mind playing the bass. <laughs> that's, that's the feeling I imagine she is having. Yeah, she had a transcendent experience. That's also just a really fancy way to say that she got really horny. Very, very horny. (laughs) But uh, Karma is a little, little too Catholic to fully express how horny that she was. Um, (laughs) I know everyone thinks Rain was the Catholic. Rain is Protestant. It's like a big, like a big deal. Uh, But no, Karma is the Catholic one on the original New Mutants. Um, She's a French, like French Catholic, too. Very Catholic. Anyway, so there's this there's this panel of them making out surrounded by like Elle's wings that is one of the most romantic things I've ever seen in an X-Men comic. Carmel is blushing so hard that she is purple. Yeah. She's also been drinking this entire time. I should mention every single action, minus the crucible that takes place in this entire comic, takes place when Karma is at least buzzed. Yes. Uh like so, uh, Karma's talking about how much she loved living her life with Elle and how happy she was about this, and then just didn't work out. She doesn't know why. Why? Uh, says says Fred. Uh, Fred Duke. This is, is such Blob. A name. I I love him, and I love Rogue going. And what was your damage, Dukes? There's just something about me and psychics, Gene, Betsy. I need to add that Betsy. That was in an alternate timeline. Age of X Men, Age of X Men, Reality Warp. When this is not the Age of X, that's different. This is Age of X Man. This is when when Nate Gray becomes Jesus and creates a society where fucking is illegal. (laughs) That's that universe is so fucking funny to me. Jet, like Gene and Bishop, like keep falling in love in that universe, and uh, like keep getting that. Like whenever somebody does this. Nate, like, they get arrested by, like, the fucking secret police, and Nate wipes their minds. One of the secret police is Betsy, and another one of the secret police is... 
and dukes and then they end up falling in love with each other there's also another series which is literally just like all of the gay heroes realizing like that they are gay and being like oh my god they took like a core part of my identity away from me time to burn it down richter literally like destroys a metropolitan area because he's just like fuck it i'm gonna burn this shit down which is very richter of him um so anyway fred dukes very briefly reminisces about this um also in that universe nightcrawler and megan have like a secret daughter that neither of them remember they do yes they do in concept jubilee realizes that she like is a mom to shogo but she doesn't know where the fuck shogo is mental breakdown because she doesn't know where yeah she has like a true mental breakdown she's like i have a baby where is it where Nate Gray has been, he everyone else got out and he just stayed there. He's like, nah, this is pretty cool. I I like uh, being God to an empty world because Nate Gray is a wild, wild boy. Read X Man, I guess, if you want to learn more about Nate Gray. But I don't actually want you to read X Man because I care about the listeners enough. As somebody who owns random issues of X Man, why? Why do you? I don't know. I didn't buy them. They were just in my house one day. <laughs> that's, that's how they get you. That's how Nate Gray gets you. He just appears in your life. It's so like, like he literally looks like Jesus now. He he. I I I'm not joking when I say that Age of X Man is Nate Gray as Jesus. It, but we cannot go down this road. We cannot do it. Look at a picture of Chris Pine. Like, and that is what he looks like. I'm so excited for that fucking D and D movie. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, um, the blob is barely in this, but the blob reminisces, and uh, and Rogue is like, "Wow, falling for the heaviest hitters." And Swan goes, Betsy. "Jean and Betsy." <laughs> yes, Swan is correct. Betsy is hot. <laughs> and Betsy's about to get her own book where she gets to be gay with Rachel. Rachel, it comes out in like a week. Rachel Summers, a character that people in the '80s were like, "This character, this is that is a lesbian." <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's the TikTok audio of like, like it's a fucking lesbian. That's, <laughs> That's just pointing at Rachel. From, from jump, the second she got introduced, people were like, she's supposed to marry Franklin Richards? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, no, she wore mini skirts and gigantic leather jackets with fringe on them uh, while having a very butch haircut. That was a lesbian from day one. Day one. Um, I sent it to uh, to Chloe once. I sent her a, like a panel of um, from Excalibur. Rachel Summers would have fucking twenty uh, something uh, sapphics on TikTok in bits and pieces. Yeah. Excal- yeah it would Alan be. Davis's Rachel has the broadest shoulders. <laughs> Alan Davis's Rachel is one of the hottest queer women ever drawn. <laughs> Her and she wasn't allowed to be a lesbian at the time. Incredible. <laughs> anyway, Blob, who's also, everyone's blushing. It's adorable. Is basically just showing up to be like a voice of reason. And is like, okay, Karma, you're you're doing the correct thing. You're chilling here. You're you're getting it out. You're talking to people about it. Don't hold it in. That doesn't do anything for anyone. And like, you're giving your girlfriend some space. This is what she wanted. Like, this is fine. We're here, we're dishing it out, it's all good. And Rogue agrees. And then Rogue, would you like to do this next part? I, I know you would like to do this next part. She says, uh, 
She says, uh, that's kind of dour, but he ain't wrong. Sometimes you just got to step away and let things happen. No sense in rushing it. Besides, sometimes a little distance, a little restraint can make the heart grow fonder. Hell, it sure makes the body grow fonder, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and then Karma says, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. And she is blushing. She's she's purple. Her whole body at this point is she looks purple. Like she's blushing. <laughs> yeah, she's blushing so hard. And she's like, she's got this like cringe look on her face. Like, uh, uh, and then Rogue continues. Speaking of, speaking of restraint, uh, do you mind if I maybe borrow your powers later? I bet Remy'd be into, well, you know. <laughs> the thought of that alone makes me feel like I need to drop my confessional. <laughs> I would like to add, she is right, because this is right after. If my the timeline in my brain lines up, this is immediately after the issue of Excalibur, where Remy says to her, uh, fuck, I have the exact line here. He says, uh, this body here is all yours, man. And uh, whatever you do, uh, to do with what you like, I- I'm just happy to be included. Yes, he is into that. He, he, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, God, Remy, laugh- Remy loves Rogue so much. And it makes me so happy. Rogue and Gambit, they can be a mess. And they can fall apart. And they fall back together constantly over and over again. And they can, like, really hurt each other. And they have baggage. But, God, they love each other so much it's inspiring. Yes. Um... And they laugh until the exact moment where Karma, when Karma notices and sees Elle talking to Danny. And Elle, at the like, bar. Like, she has her hands around Danny's arm. Like, like it like looks like they're on a date. It looks like they're on a date. This is never fully addressed in this comic, this by is the never way. <laughs> this is just to add drama. This is just, I can infer my prediction. Because, all right, I'm mild spoiler for the end of this comic that we're going to be covering. Um, Elle's big issue is that, like, it hurt her to watch Karma die. And it hurt her to watch Karma have to, like, go through that and come back. And she doesn't want to see Karma die in the future. And she's, like, kind of freaking out about it and needed a little space to go think about her feelings. She could have communicated that better. But I said, she, hey, it was weird to watch you die. Uh... Yeah, but also, this is a romance comic, so you must have a misunderstanding. It's Correct. it's required by the genre. So, like, that's the misunderstanding. It's a feature, and so my a thought, exactly. My thought here is that she is probably talking to Danny, the one who killed Karma, about these feelings. And Danny is probably reassuring her, like, hey, I literally killed her. And I'm fine with it. Yeah, like, I did it for the good of everyone. This is going to be okay. Um, And so my thought is that they were just hanging out chatting about that. And they got a little drunk and got a little touchy-feely. This is my extrapolation. This is never said. But it fully looks like they're on a date. And Karma's face looks like all the blood has been drained out of it. She's no longer blushing. And she just says, Danny? White as a ghost. (laughs) Uh, which is how that issue ends. Moving into the next one, uh, it's the exact same pitch. Like L with Danny, and L is looking right at her. I just realized, standing behind them, is that Jimmy? <laughs> Wait, so, uh, yeah, it is Jimmy. <laughs> Fuck, where's my Warpath Infinity comic? Oh my god, we should totally get one. For the record, if anyone is a Jimmy Proudstar fan, um, the 
Vita Ayala run of New Mutants. Fantastic. Vita Ayala was just like, what if James Proudstar is a gym teacher that wears the tiniest shorts that have ever been (laughs) manufactured (laughs) and is buff and teaches kids and also has multiple data pages that like really get into his like whole deal. It's it's very good. You should read Uh, it. It's if if listeners, if you have not read it, like the Ayala New Mutants run is it's really good. Some of the best comics that have, like, been written in the last five years. The funniest thing about Jimmy in the shorts is that he is definitely wearing those because the girls told him that he needed them. 1,000%. He's got a matching tank top. (laughs) Ileana and Rain and Danny told him that he needed to wear that, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then they just, (laughs) he does it, and they're like, oh, we didn't think you would actually do that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, oh, it's incredible. But he's, he's hanging out with Danny and... Um, L. And Karma's like, L, what? Danny! And then she turns back to Rogue, panicked, and she's like, Rogue, do me a favor, pretend we're in deep conversation. And Rogue's uh, like, we, we, we are, are in deep, deep conversation. conversation. And Blom points over his shoulder, he's like, <clears throat> and Rogue's like, oh! Got so, it! So that whole resurrection thing is a doozy, huh? Says, uh, yeah, sure it was. Did you ever do it? Yeah, one time. Don't ever think I'll get used to it. It's rough. You said you did it for you and your twin. Yeah, I wanted to. You wanted him to get a shot at living his own life. We're Uncle Cohen now. That's what this place is about, right? Starting anew. He an evil twin? What? I'm an X-Man. I have to ask. <laughs> Technically, maybe, but Krakoa's giving new life to people who've done worse. Can't argue with that. He, in the grand scheme of things, Trent did not do anything anywhere near on the scale of Apocalypse, Sinister, even Magneto, like... Forge. <laughs> Forge accidentally. Well, accidentally the first time when he made the mutant depowering gun, and then there was that whole time where he was committing war crimes on Mount Wondagore. Um, See, so you also recently listened to the Serena <laughs> because uh, I didn't know anything about that Mount Wondegore shit until I listened to that episode. This is a plug for both of our other favorite podcasts, which is Cerebro. Fantastic. Tells you a lot about the Much X-Men. more popular than um, the show. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> yes. If you are somehow listening to this show and have never heard of that one, what the fuck? Um, yeah, how did you get here? Yeah, who are you? Um... <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, uh, so they're talking about how... Uh, oh, and they're also mentioning that immediately after Karma was re- resurrected, so was Tran. They have not addressed this until right now. Yes. Like, Tran's fate was not confirmed. They showed that, like, Karma was resurrected, and they were just like, it's all fixed now, and just, like, you never saw Tran in uh, New Mutants. Yeah. Also, I'm doing my best to pronounce it. They do not give a pronunciation guide. It is T-R-A-N, but over the A is the same. Like, it looks like a roof of a house. Is it Tron, do we think? Tran? I don't know what that accent is supposed to do to vowels. I have a friend who is Vietnamese, and their last name is Tran, spelled like that. So I'm going to... He never told me it was wrong. So if it is, it is. Um, Okay. We'll stick with that. But for the record, that is how it is spelled. Yeah. Uh, the, the only pronunciation guide we got was for Swan. Yeah. Um, and so, but they mentioned that like Tran shows up and he's out of his cocoon. For those who do not know, and I will make this very brief, 
the introduction to karma in the early, early 80s was before the New Mutants actually happened. There was a Marvel team-up issue. Uh, I can't remember if it was written by Chris Claremont or not. It might have been. Um, It has to be. It's it's bound in the same trades as the, like, uh, what is it, like the collector's edition or something of the New Mutants. That's how I read it. Um, And the general story is that uh, Tran and one are twins but they haven't seen each other in a couple of years tran is the uh is under the influence of their like evil uncle and is doing crimes they have the same powers they're basically like the yin and the yang um is the vibe of the story so they have the exact same powers to be able to control people uh tran is committing crimes and swan in order to stop the crimes being committed she can't do it herself so she takes control of spider-man and like tries to get spider-man to go stop him but then the spider-man runs into the fantastic four and the fantastic four are like what the fuck spider-man you're doing crimes and he's just like i'm not in control of my body and um then it all eventually gets resolved when uh karma reveals herself and is just like help me defeat my brother trent and it ends with her absorbing his soul so they're both wearing shirts with like the different yin and yang on it. And she's one of them and he's the other one. And she absorbs his soul and it completes it. But then she's got both. And so that's why when we say like all this stuff about he's been locked in her brain for a very long time, like truly it's been since, 40 since years. Since she was introduced, yeah. So it's the same issue she was introduced it was when she absorbed his soul and locked him away in the back of her brain and He's been there ever since. So um, that's what all of the resurrection thing that we keep talking about was about. Yes. The whole point was that, like, she went on this quest to Otherworld where she discovered that, like, Tran is in her head and the only way to get him out is to go through Krakoan resurrection. Like, Cerebro captured him, but he's still, quote unquote, alive because he's alive in her. So she's got to be dead for him to be dead for him to be resurrected. Right. So... Uh, That's why Danny had the homoerotic crucible fight where she stabbed her in the heart. Uh, I, There's your backstory. Yeah, I did check. So that is um, Marvel Team Up number 100. Uh, both stories in that are written by Chris Claremont. This one is Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Combo. <laughs> what a combo. And wow. Chris yeah, Claremont. he was working at Marvel at the time. Mm-hmm. So the, the A story in this is that one. The B story is Chris, or Chris Claremont and John Byrne doing the Black Panther story, both of which are edited wow. by uh, the legendary Dennis O'Neill, uh, R.I.P. Wild. Anyway, so that's the backstory about who Tran is. The comic actually does a really good job of making it so that, like, you don't really need to know all of that, but... Who would I be if not the person that can bring that kind of, <laughs> that kind of knowledge to the party? Um, and so but they claim that like tran is alive he came out of an egg at the same time as karma so he is like up walking around living a life uh he's not used to having his own body right she takes him uh to chicago and they uh introduces or reintroduces him to their other siblings um he accidentally also, he has the same powers uh, as her. Yeah. Um, he uses his powers to mind control their siblings on accident while they're playing soccer. Um, he gets startled and he controls either 
Leong or Na. I don't, both. Actually, both Leong and Na. Um, and uh, Karma looks concerned. Yep. Uh, and she says, you know, our control, our agency is all we have at the end of the day. It feels awful to be without it. I can't do that to anyone that I love. And she looks back over at L. And this whole thing is like L glamour shots. This entire, every time L shows up, there's like, Karma has so many panels where she's like grumpy, grumpy cat, looking, looking sad, looking down, looking upset. Every single panel of L looks like God drew it. Yeah, she looks like an angel, <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, immediately after she says <laughs> oh, this, who oh, should yes. answer and ask for the attention of the crowd but Captain Catherine Shadowcat Pride? My wife. Uh, uh, also, and you know, Kate is a pirate now. Kate is a pirate now. She's a sword lesbian. It's incredible. Um, oh, so she goes by Kate now. Don't yeah, she goes by Kate Pride. Karma's face in this panel when Kate walks up and says, like, everyone, may I have your attention, please? Karma's face is one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like she's afraid to her core. Fear has stricken her heart. She looks more worried here than she does when they're dealing with the Shadow King. She hates the Shadow King. And and she, she... gets so startled because of all this, because of all the relationship drama, and because she's a little drunk, and because everything, she sees Kate, and she goes, Kate, and she accidentally hears her, hears her, hears her, turns, and as she turns, she accidentally uses her powers and controls Rogue and Blob, and then immediately lets them go, and Rogue goes, whoa, and then Karma's like, "I'm, I'm so sorry, and runs away, and Kate turns over her shoulder to look at Karma running away, kind of forlornly as like karma's booking it to get out of this bar and rogue this is the one miss that rogue makes in this entire book. <laughs> rogue rogue you should be able to know this but i understand that she does not and she says do you think karma and kate ever nah couldn't be for more about this please see our mechanics episode of mcmf moving on rogue your mo- you were raised by lesbian terrorists. How do you have no gaydar? <laughs> Rogue has incredible gaydar. It's the thing. There's that story. She goes home with Iceman. She goes home with Iceman and she's like, I know I'm your beard. She doesn't say it, but she's basically like, hey, Bobby, why are you so fucking sad? Can you like explain to me? And she knows, but she's like, hey, Bobby, if you say it out loud, maybe it'll make you feel better. And he doesn't. But like, that's because no one was allowed to make him gay. But she fully Iceman. goes home to his shitty parents to like be his the beard. The, the funniest thing about people go like, well, Iceman dated Rogue. Yeah, he dated the girl you can't touch. <laughs> it's not a threat. You're not going to have to worry about making out with Rogue. You, you, there are so you, many problems. The safest beard possible, frankly, is Rogue. Because uh, it's like, well, I never see you, like, show any, like, physical affection. I can't, man. I'll die. Yes. <laughs> That's why there's no PDA. It's, it's just a soul connection. It's like Rogue and then uh, Wither. <laughs> Wither had other problems. Yeah. Um, but but this is the one where Rogue 
she she's halfway there because she's like do you huh? she has the thought she's like do you think and then she's like nah Nah. couldn't be and they did they did they did maybe rogue maybe the explanation is that rogue has such high standards for relationships that she believes that uh, a woman who can't even go to her girlfriend's master's degree graduation is not actually her girlfriend and therefore does not qualify. Maybe she sensed the vibes and she was just like, oh, it couldn't have been serious. Kate fucked it up, obviously. Please go see the Mechanics episode. Please go listen to the Mechanics episode. We cannot rehash it here. I, I just want to say Kate Pride, terrible at dumping people. It's awful at it. Oh my god, she makes it all the way to the altar one time. <laughs> And then phases. For those who do not know, she dumped Colossus the second time they dated at the altar by phasing her hand through the ring when he was going to go put the ring on her finger. So there's an entire, it's a one page spread of just two hands. Do do you know how often one page spreads are not used for like full body poses? One page spread, two hands, her hand phased through his hand holding the ring. This is Rogue and Gambit's wedding, by the way, uh, because it's a perfectly good wedding. Kate is just like, bye, and then fucking leaves and fucks off his face. He says, hey, uh, since everybody's here already, why don't we uh, go ahead and use the facilities? We only gather people like this when it's time to fight the Avengers or when there's a bunch of funerals all at once. So why don't we take advantage of this? Then Mystique reveals Mystique reveals that even though she was not invited, she stole the identity of someone who had an invitation and showed up anyway. And she shows up to Rogue and she's like, hey, can I be the something blue? And you're like... Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. She's like, can I be this something blue? And Nightcrawler is so offended. He's like, I'm blue. He's my I'm your brother. <laughs> He's like, but I'm your, I'm your half, I'm your, I'm your half brother, step brother, or something. And I'm blue. And and she kicks him out. She brings the stick in, and he's so sad. <laughs> anyway, please read the Kelly Thompson Rogue and Gambit. Uh, the, stuff. Which turns it's, into Mister Mrs X. Yes, it's two miniseries. There's the first one. Yeah, it's. It's it's the best thing uh, ever. Anyway, Kate um, says I'm looking into reports. I'm looking into reports of mutants across the island seeming to lose their faculties and then their consciousness. If any of you observe this phenomenon, I am realizing in real time that uh, Kitty should have um, like a real strong Midwestern accent, and I'm uh, upset that I just now thought about it. I say that about that Chicago. I say that, but um, neither of us have Midwestern accents, so... Ah, that's not true. Which is weird, because I'm from the Midwest. I was like, so am I, but I, it comes out on certain words. Um, I can't say hot dog uh, without... See? <laughs> you heard it! <laughs> Listeners, I made the face of me trying to stifle a laugh so hard and not succeed. Uh, yeah, you know, cer- certain words. Uh, core. Uh... <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> um, and so anyway, Danny, goes, Danny, Danny, looking beautiful. Gotta say, this is gorgeous. Yeah, Danny, the colors on Danny are amazing. Incredible, Danny. We haven't seen anything strange here so far. And Karma's like outside with the grumpiest face, yeah. holding her head. Look like she, like she's trying to fight off a migraine, which she probably is. Uh, and fucking. <laughs> Speaking, we talked about him earlier, but here's Sam Guthrie just fucking stumbling through the dark. He looks like he needs to take a piss in the woods. He, yeah, he truly looks like he just drank too much and he needs to, like, go puke in a back alley. Um, 
which being right outside of the only bar on the island, that would make sense. Um, does puking on Krakoa count as respecting the sacred land? It's involuntary. Um, that's fair. Maybe maybe Krakoa is like it's okay, buddy. People Krakoa all the time. I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm just amazing. imagining Krakoa like bringing out a vine and like patting you on the back, like it'll be okay. You <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll be Krakoa fine. Sucks you down into the pit. <laughs> Go hang out with Sabretooth. What was your crime? I puked. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the funniest character you could be in the pit? And why is it Stacey X? <laughs> See, I was about to say, they already have the funniest characters in the pit, and that's Nanny and the Orphan Maker. Nanny, the Orphan Maker, uh, Madison Jeffries. <laughs> anyway, Sam is stumbling around as Kate is narrating uh, what happens, where it's like, first the mutant appears dazed and unable to orient themselves on their feet, and Karma walks up and is like, hey man, are you okay? Too much to drink? Huh? Wait a second. It's weird that she goes, hey, man, to be completely honest. Because this, Sam? <laughs> this is very obvious that this is Sam Guthrie. Yeah, it's so good. Like, like she knows him. They were all, He's they got were, goggles. They were teammates. Like you For a long time. <laughs> it's, um, it's so obviously Cannonball. Anyway, he turns around and his eyes are blue, which her powers are pink. Trans powers are blue. Um, and... He says something in Vietnamese. I do not know. They do not provide a translation. We do not speak Vietnamese, so. We do not speak Vietnamese. Uh, as you probably gathered by our. I can understand. Everything. <laughs> but Karma understands very instantly that, like, this yeah, is her brother. brother. Yeah. Like, she knows. And, and then Sam passes out. And apparently, no one has, who has this has happened to has woken up yet. And let me just say, really quick, both Izzy and Beto are going to be fucking pissed <laughs> Sam gets knocked into a coma. Sam, As we said before, they have an arrangement, Sam, but the arrangement right. depends on Sam. Beto and Izzy are not. Izzy and Beto do not like each other. They, um... Which, didn't they have a... Didn't Beto have a crush on her for a little while? Who I don't believe that, Beto though. He did want to fuck Deathbird. That's real fair. Listen, if you made a list... He really wants to fuck Deathbird. Every person that, that's my main man, Sunspot... Has, I love him. Uh, better rules. Um, the, like, read X-Men Red. If you haven't read X-Men Red, listeners, read X-Men Red. Especially handsome Sunspots, read... Do you want to see some really hot Sunspots? Do you want to see Sunspot be really hot while he's being murdered by a hot woman? Um... <laughs> God, that bit with actively Iska. being killed and is still hot. <laughs> that bit with Iska is so good, where he's like, "Hey, I bet you Magneto wins." Oh no, it's I bet you. Uh, <laughs> I bet you Magneto loses. Yeah, it's I, it's I bet you Magneto loses, which forces her powers to kick in, <laughs> so Magneto wins. So she kills him, which is <laughs> She's like you motherfucker, man! <laughs> Stop yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Beto's incredible. There were multiple times in X-Men Red where I, like, simply had to put the comic down and, like, do a lap around my apartment and take deep breaths because it was, like, so intense in a good way. Uh, like, in the best way. X-Men Red, one of my favorite comics. Yeah. Like, ever. Incredible. Anyway, uh, um, Sam is passed out on the ground and Karma's like, huh! And that's the end of this issue. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to the next one, 
Uh, these are going to start going faster because there's more action now. There's way less talking in these last issues than there was earlier. So we will be churning through a little bit. Uh, and so... Uh, also, really quick, I do want to note, I love... Oh, I love that Kate looks like her face structure looks dramatically different than everyone else. This is not an artist that suffers from same face yeah, when like a lot of people like, have different trying. like her nose dramatically different yeah. in shape than like everybody else's nose. And the the shape of her head physically also yeah, different. Got like a like a more rectangular head. It's a little square, yeah. 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 Um she looks great. Hair is constantly blowing in the wind. As is proper. For a, for a good pirate captain. Uh, so yes. We're doing the, the best we can to monitor these possessions taking place. We're sure a mutant is causing these episodes, but we're having difficulty tracking whoever's responsible. And L looks over and sees... Uh, into the woods. Yeah, sees... Uh, see, yes, he's karma running. And it just occurred to me that these two people have to... Danny and L have to call each other by these shortened versions of their names, or else it gets really annoying. Danielle? Danielle and Gabrielle. Oh, gosh. Uh, Which, granted, calls her Danielle Moonstar. Cyclops. Okay. That's Cyclops. <laughs> that's... That's Cyclops. Charles. Uh, Magneto. That's, that's a Scott Summers thing. That's... That's part of the, like, headcanon that comes from Jay of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, which I fully am on board with, of oh, the, the Cyclops, Cyclops is autistic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's from the Cyclops is autistic One thing part. that I've thought about is like, hey, you ever notice it's all of, that the majority of Cyclops' love interests are telepaths? And it's like, yeah, a person who, like, might have issues with communication would love to be in a relationship with a person who can read yeah. your mind. Yeah, it sounds great for him. Jean, Maddie, Psylocke, Emma. Yeah. Jean again. Yeah. Emma maybe right now. Who knows? Unconfirmed. <laughs> A lot of free her hanging out with him. Goddamn island. I tell you Her what. hanging out with him post-resurrection sir, sure had a lot of emotional charge in it. That's a very sexual scene. It's very... I... It's also a very emotional scene. I legitimately teared up reading it. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's also, it's like, very, very good. like... There's a vibe here. There's a vibe there. I... The, one of the best decisions ever made in the Krakoan era was that everyone comes out of the eggs naked. It is one of the best vehicles... For having an excuse that is not people fucking for people to be naked frequently on panel. Yeah. Like um, all the time. Constantly. And it's totally fine because people are like, oh, that's not a sexual scene. They're just coming out of the egg, which means it can turn into a sexual scene quickly. Very easy. Wonderful. Uh, for example, very easy. Cyclo- Emma being the first person to greet Cyclops after he is murdered uh, publicly on Earth uh, or in New York. And uh Yeah. And, and know, gives him a visor. It gives him his visor, and they just lean on each other. Yeah, and it's heavily implied that she was the one that put his brain back. She's yep. a telepath. She's yep. like the only one around. Usually, Arbor Magna is not empty, yes. but it is. Like they gave her space. They were like, Emma, you you gotta do this. Bye. Right. <laughs> Peace. She reads him before Jean does. It's seriously go read that. I think it's either X Men like ten or eleven. Um, I, 
it came out in january of last year whichever issue was january of last year yeah um it's fantastic it's like one of my favorite x-men issues it's the part of the like cap it's got like captain krakoa on the cover it's one of the captain yes. krakoa it's the ones. reveal of like that scott who is captain, captain krakoa it's yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway that x-men book is great so uh <laughs> back to this though uh l and danny decide to go follow karma who is in a sketchy fashion running into the woods and then they they see sam lying face down he just looks hammered and they have a moment where like danny's like oh no do you think like they for a second they they contemplate whether or not karma is responsible um, then we get a, again, another very beautiful panel of, of L flying away. Um, oh, yeah. this looks like a painting in a stained glass window, uh, in a yes. somewhere. Both of them do. I don't even know which one you're, of the two you're talking about I because mean, both I mean, of the them look thing, like a stained I mean, the, the way that she is positioned over, um, the way that she's positioned over, uh, Danny's head. I mean, but like, do you mean... This one, or do you mean well? Because this on, one on my phone, it's all one continuous image. No, the next one too. Oh yeah, the next one too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say they're both great. Yeah, it's so good. And so she, she oh, flies after. Her. She says, "Swan, stop! What's ha- what's going on?" She says, "It's personal, meaning it's none of your concern, not anymore." And she says, "That's not fair." I asked for a little space, not a full one. She says, "I'm not interested in hashing this out right now, Elle." Uh, it's fair. Also, Car- this is a full body shot of Karma that looks absolutely incredible. This is one of the first times uh, it really puts perspective how short she is. Yeah, she's tiny. She's like I, I imagine like five four, five five, maybe. Probably. Because uh, like Danny is tall. Like Danny is like five nine, five ten. Yeah. Like that shot earlier where they're standing next to Warpath. You can tell it's Warpath because he's like a full. He's big. He's big as shit. He's a head taller. He's big. Like he's huge. Six eight, six nine. You know how people joke that like Chris Evans has the shoulder to waist ratio of like a Dorito. Uh, That to the extreme is Warpath. Yeah. Uh, Warpath is big. That's Warpath and Thunderbird because because Johnny is a hench. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like Thunderbird is just thicker in general, and I feel like Warpath really has that, like, big yeah. shoulders, tiny waist yeah. kind of situation. Um, isn't it funny that their names are Johnny and Jimmy? Uh, I don't think it's funny. I think it's fucking annoying, because I forget which one is which all the time, which is why I go with code names, usually. <laughs> uh, well, I it's confusing. Thunderbird John, because I think something about <laughs> just being John is funny to me. Um, it is fun. Also, this panel where she's uh, where they're talking, Car- the, the, I love the way they did this. Uh, Karma is standing on the next panel. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. It's a really, really smart use of the space. I'm telling you, Trung is fantastic at panel layouts. Like, I know I've said this, this will be the third time. Everyone, go read The Magic Fish. It is... If you like comics as a medium, as an art form, read The Magic Fish. It is some of the best execution of sequential storytelling I have ever read. And I have read thousands of comics. It is so good. Uh, He's very good at this. And, uh, 
Al says, fine, but I'm still your teammate, and it's absolutely is still my concern. I want to talk about that line. So when did she when did she become her teammate? Join the new mutants. The thing about a character joining the new mutants is very funny to me because we are now at a point where there are like we're on what I'd say like the fifth generation of X Men classes. Oh, I've lost count. Because I I count the original five, Lorna, Alex, and the second Genesis team all as really one class. Yeah, that's one. And then your second generation is Kitty and the New Mutants. Yep. Uh, and and then, then after that is Gen X. But because of the sliding timescale, the Gen X characters are like pushed up against the New Mutants. Still, It's because, still another class, though. It's still another class. Well, because here's the thing. Chamber and Mondo are in New Mutants in the uh, in Hickman's run. Okay, that's just because there was only in Hickman's. Okay, that was the other thing for the early parts of the New Mutants book. Every other issue was written by a different person, so there were two stories going simultaneously. There was one in space, and that was written by Hickman. There was one on a farm with Beak, that was and uh, Boom Boom Beak Beak, Boom Boom Boom. Um, what's, what's Beak's fucking, what's her, what's his word? Angel? Angel. Beak and Angel? Salvatore? Angel Salvatore. Um. Yeah. Um, and they're kids, and like, bad shit goes down at a farm, and that's a different writer, and it's happening interspersed, and then there's the Cosmar arc, and then Vita Ayala takes over. Yeah, and then there's also, the thing you have to consider too, is that Boom Boom, Boom Boom, Rusty, and Skids are not, I are both not... New Mutants the or Gen X. They're, they're in the middle. They're in the middle. Because they were an X Factor. They were an X Factor, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so okay, when, but then there's... Truncate it, it's I, like, I, because they're characters in the same age group, I like, like you're... I would like, call those New Mutants era because they end up in X-Force right, they later in X-Force, yes. with uh, the New Mutants people because when X-Force is going, Gen X is its own thing. Right. The, like the Gen X kids are supposed to be a few years younger than the, the New Mutants. Uh, but sliding time... And then after... Now around the same age. And then there's the Academy X kids. Yeah, and there's the Academy X. And then there's Gen X again. Yes. <laughs> Which is where, like, Which is Nature Jubilee's, Girl... Yeah, Jubilee's, like, student. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it's, like, Bling and Nature Girl and uh, some of the other stuff. And then... And then there's Hope's Generation, which is at around the same time. Yeah. Which is Hope and a bunch of characters who do not matter because they have not shown up yet. When was the last yeah. time you saw Velocidad? I did not know that person existed until you mentioned him on one of the previous episodes that I've Velocidad, been on. I do not. Who I have to remind everyone uh, has the funniest mutant power, which is that he speeds up time around himself to make it look like he has super speed. <laughs> In reality, how he he's have... aging himself up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wild. Mutant powers can be fun, but really there are a bunch fun. of classes. It's very confusing. Anyway, Al has somehow joined the new mutant. Somehow joined maybe the new mutant. This... <laughs> maybe this means she's a teacher. Maybe she's teaching. Uh, that's what I assume. Is it like she's like, hey, I'm around the same age as you guys. I have a pretty good handle on my powers. Uh, I would like to hang out with you guys. Um, yeah. But the fact that instead of hanging out with literal children. Someone can just join the New Mutants, which is uh, an increasingly stupid code name for a team. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> it worked versus, in like 1983. It does not work now. Versus, listen, Gen X, great code name. Less relevant now than the fact that at the time it was literally the teens of Generation yeah, X, yeah. which was, that was, I mean, it'd be like if you made a comic now called Gen Z about teenagers and then they were still called Gen Z 30 years from now. That is, yes. for the Gen Z people listening, exactly what happened, but with Gen X. <laughs> yeah, it would be like if the Academy X team were called the the X-Men, the millennial X-Men. Oh my God, that would be, that would be too much. That would be too much. Thankfully, I think over time, Marvel has learned to stop associating times with anyone at any point. They've uh, stopped putting specific timeline things which is a bummer i do miss i understand logistically why it can't happen but i do miss when real world events could be part of comic books well yeah i mean um, the thing is these characters used to age in real time peter parker is yeah. a teenager in 1967 and is a college freshman in 1970 yeah like it works sue scott yeah. summers is 16 in 1966 and is 25 in 1975 like it, yeah and the reason that that was slower was because X-Men was off for five years. Right, yeah. <laughs> they were like five um, years. If you don't know, they were like five years where there just were not new X-Men comics. They kept producing. Because it wasn't a good book, and that's why Giant Size was so important, because they made, they were just like, hey, let's try rebooting this. And then it fucking worked. But instead of doing the thing that they do now, where a comic will get canceled, and it'll just end. There'll be an issue, then it ends. They just kept reprinting old issues of X-Men as if they were new issues. Yeah. Which is fully insane. Absolutely uh, wild. Because they're still numbered, right? Like, they're still... The issue that we accept as X-Men 96 probably should have been X-Men, like, 50. Yeah, it's... I don't, rem I don't remember all the details the of that, but it's, it's... It's insane, but... Granted, this was also very early in, like, the comic industry. Right. And that was back when, it is completely different today, that is back when having really, really high issue numbers was a good thing because yes. it was seen as an established book that was around and not going to get canceled. So it was good to jump in on comics that had a couple hundred issues under their belt, like your Batmans, your detective comics, your action comics, all that stuff, because it was seen as a good um, investment to get used to the characters and because all of these places especially Marvel had the idea of like any issue could be someone's first issue let's always explain what's going on it was always a good jumping in point Right. nowadays that has completely flipped on its head where somebody looks and they're like oh my god Detective Comics has over a thousand issues because we live <laughs> we live in a society we live in a different society now where like you can actually acquire old things instead of just Crab like before, you you couldn't get the early X-Men issues unless there was a reprint or unless you found like a collector that happened to have them. Nowadays, like there are wikis and there are digital comics like Marvel Unlimited and like there's ways to go back and find all this stuff. And because you have the access, suddenly you feel this urge to binge and it can be incredibly overwhelming. You're like, with the Robin comic we always talk about, like that's 183 issues long. If you would like to be like either of us and read all 183 issues, Godspeed. But please know that I did that because I was a bored insomniac teenager. I'd have shit better to do. 
Like, you don't need to do that to read new comics, but a lot of people feel like they need to, and it can be intimidating. So now, instead, comics last for, like, less than 30 issues a run, and then they get rebooted, and there's another number one as a way of saying, like, hey, does it seem too intimidating for you to read 30 issues of comics to know what's going on right now? Why don't you just start with this number one? Which is why it's confusing now, because now it's like... Okay, to understand the context of this number one, you actually have to read these other four series that have very similar names. Miles Morales has existed for 11 years, I think, and has had, I think, something like six comics. Like six different I believe it. Because um, he takes over Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. Um, and just, like they start that over with number one for him. And then that runs until it ends. And then it starts again as Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man. And then that ends, and then he gets a new one just called Spider-Man, and then that ends, so that's three. Then he gets a new one in 2018, I think, called Miles Morales Spider-Man, and now he's on his fifth one. Same can be said for Kamala Khan. Same can be said for freaking, oh, she's Ghost Spider now, but Mm Spider-Gwen. Um, same can be said was for to be a one-off and was literally made too much money for them to not keep doing shit with her. That original book is good. Yeah. That original Spider Gwen book is good. But we we have gone on. Uh, we have gone on quite a tangent. But um, this is to say, but yes, L has somehow joined the new. Just, just joined. She's the on movie, their team, which is something that like I, I didn't know a character could do past 1990. Um, <laughs> which is funny because she's just like fine but i'm still your teammate and this is absolutely still my concern so she's basically like okay but put our relationship on hold i'm your teammate what the fuck is going on yeah which Uh, to me i was like when did that happen i know i checked out of comics a little bit for like a couple months here but like when the fuck did that happen yeah (laughs) and listen Uh, maybe both of us are are behind maybe this happened in like a very recent issue of new mutants but i kind of doubt it i i don't think i could be wrong now but i don't think so um which, like, the implication, you're supposed to catch that from the fact that they're, all three of them are wearing the same uniform. Yes, they are all wearing all the same the uniform. Have, this is my favorite, like, little detail, is that a lot of the smaller teams have their own uniforms, and then the main X-Men team... Uh, Does not. <laughs> doesn't. Uh, Sink wears, like, a more traditional X-Men training outfit. Um, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, Horse Girl. Firestar. <laughs> Um, she's got like a variant on the like traditional training uniform. Yeah, like Cannonball has like a like a variant on the uniform, but Cannonball's variant is of this uniform. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a variant of this uniform, but like the main X Men team, they're like, nah, fuck it. Where we don't. Yeah, we have not worn a unified look since since Scott was a teenager. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not true. They wore a unified one in the, the Morrison run. They did. They did with the cool jackets. That was a good That was a good visual era for them. So anyway, Karma keeps trying to like walk away from this small gathering of people. Um, and uh, Elle is not going to let her. And yeah. Elle keeps like flying in her path. And there's this panel of, <laughs> of Elle showing up and she's like, Captain Pride warned us about something, something strange, something that's happening to more and more mutants. And she drops down right in front of Karma's face, like <laughs> two inches away. And Karma's got her hands up, like in a oh, defensive whoa, whoa, whoa. stance. And they are, and they're like yelling. 
they're like yelling and they're yelling like inches away from each other. It's truly like it's and they both look so grumpy in the very next panel. Yeah. Uh, the girls are fighting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so Danny's like, look, if you know something, tell us. Uh, let us help you. And Al says, yeah, we might not be together right now, but we're still on the same team. We're new mutants. <laughs> That's going to count for something. <laughs> Which is wild that she goes so far as to be like, we might not be together right now. When, like... She was trying, when Elle was trying to explain earlier, like, I said I needed space. I didn't say. We were, <laughs> we were on a break. We were on a break. Um. <laughs> it's, um, anyway. <laughs> so, I, I don't want to make that reference because no one is, no one is the Ross in this situation. <laughs> that would be an insult to both of these women to call either of them Ross. No, um, listen, we can't start on a friend's uh, tangent because I will start talking about living single and we'll never get done nope. with the show. I will no. Never, I... We can't do it. We can't do it. Moving on. Carson? Fucking Kratos is in that show. That's crazy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm cutting this off right now. No. <laughs> So, so Swan reveals that her brother needs help, and that he's scared. And His mind is on uh, to occupying its own space. Uh, really quick before that, though, there's this amazing panel where like the wind is whipping all around all of them, including L, including Kate. Kate is not around. Kate is just like part of this because um, L goes over to be like, "Hey, we we gotta go handle this. We think yeah. it's Tran and everything." But it's just like Kate kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> just like oh remember this other ex yep this is about karma and her current maybe ex maybe girlfriend and also karma's major crush and karma's ex-girlfriend and also karma's brother and also and also karma's brother and also sam (laughs) and also sam who doesn't say he, he says one sentence once in all of these issues and it hasn't happened yet yeah. Uh, and so she goes and she finds her brother uh, who is in the arena and she's he said he looks cool as fuck this this yeah. outfit is awesome uh, it's dope he's got this like long uh, robe on he looks like Doctor Strange he looks like Doctor Strange yes um, he looks like a fucking Jedi <laughs> he does look like a Jedi oh uh, my god he says uh, he's still, like, don't touch me you. He says, brother, why are you doing this? He says, you've held me. And then mind. immediately touches him. Yeah. Uh, he says, you've, <laughs> you've held me in your mind for so long, sister. You carried me within your psyche like a babe in the womb. And then he starts controlling Danny, who says, and then you died to birth us both anew. I keep replaying this. Danny's like, looks kind of like a puppet on a string. It's very like her cool. Head, like, it's cool. Like, like her head's tilted and her arms are a little out. And oh, it's cool. Um... You died to birth us both anew. I keep replaying this fight over and over and over. How could I? It live- uses Danny's power to show yes. what the fight looked like. That's such. A, that's so cool. Is uh, how could I ever live to deserve such a sacrifice? How could I walk around in my own mind, my own skin, when so many of your teammates were denied this? I've done evil, sister. I have done so much evil. He says, I did this for the both of us. I wanted this for me, too. Please let Danny go. Return to yourself. I can still feel your body dying by these hands. I can't Jesus. face myself yet. I can't even face you. He says, you have to let go, brother. 
Give Danny her body back. Give Danny her control back. You know how precious that is. I, I can't. And Elle and like an go, angel from heaven. Elle went to go get backup. It comes back with Psylocke. We should add. Comes comes back with Canon. Not Betsy. The the number one, and they mentioned this later. The number one Krakoan expert on body swap. This, this is this is the queen of. Hey, another consciousness took over your mind. I've been there. Let's go get drinks. <laughs> you know those, um, you know that uh, Captain America meme from the, uh, from the Spider-Man movie? He's like, so. <laughs> he turns the chair and he's like, hey. So. <laughs> That's kind of, but like. <laughs> you, so. Hair is shooting it. into somebody else's mind. Somebody else was taking control of your body. That's. that's I've been there. Let's talk. <laughs> Um, and she's got the butterfly around her face, which I love because I, I love that they that both it, get it now. They both get it. They both get to keep it. It was there was this this fantastic like interview with Teeny Howard where she talks about it. I don't remember if it was in Cerebro or in Jay and Miles, but it was basically like the experience changed both of them, and like they both get to keep it now because it it impacted both of their lives, and right. like they she got a little the- mixed up, messed up, and they're both different now. So. Yeah. Uh, Canon also gets the butterfly. She gets the butterfly. She gets the fucking outfit, which was her outfit in the first fucking place. She gets- That's more of a branding thing. Yes, this is a branding thing, but like <laughs> fully a branding thing. It's like, hey, we can't get rid of Psylocke. Uh, yeah. So make it work. Um, also, it's it's great because it's like a jumping off point. Truly, if I I think about this a lot because I didn't know about this until the Krakoan era because like I only experienced like the movies I had a tangential understanding of who Psylocke was I started reading the comics and there was this whole Excalibur that I started reading because it was drawn by Marcus Toe and I was like Marcus Toe did Red Robin and I'm definitely gonna read this and I was reading it and I was like I don't know who Betsy character is she keeps staring down this Asian lady I don't know what's going on here and eventually I figured out what had happened and I was like Psylocke was a white woman this entire fucking time excuse me so they had to Are, keep Asian Psylocke around because it would be confusing they, to not have her. It would be too confusing. You but had anyway, her for so thirty years, you had her for longer than you had White Betsy. It's just, yeah. Uh, so Kanan shows up. She like parachutes in without a parachute. She just jumps because she's badass like that. She's a fucking ninja, like a real yeah, she's ninja, like, like an actual factual ninja for like her entire life. She's got a sword and no oh good. Uh, and so Tran through Danny says, you're forgetting who's in control here, Psylocke. What? <laughs> and then he Psylocke gets fucking con- wrecked. <laughs> he takes control of L. He's like, I am. And uh, so now uh, to part four. Karma has this. Karma says, oh, shit. It has this face that's like oh, it's, every karma face in this whole book is it so is, good. Yeah. All right. And so part five begins with uh, Karma now telling Trant to let go of L. Um, and uh, they fight for a moment. And Psylocke uh, <laughs> says, do you know how to fix this? She's like, I, I'll find a way. She's like, well, I mean a way besides yelling at him. And then she says... Uh, you're not you're not helpful, merciful Kanam with air, air quotes around it and then an asterisk and says uh, the Bodhisattva uh, the of mercy of mercy who after whom Kanan is named. Uh, and they give it like definitely not an American 
spelling of it. It's a uh, Q U A N space A M A also with the at accent. Um, which I appreciate. Just throwing that in there. Yeah. Uh, just like we fixed Karma's name, let's also just throw in the actual origin of Kanon. Yeah. Well, it's tricky because she's using a Vietnamese pronunciation of a Japanese word. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. But I still feel like that's... I'm glad it's here nonetheless. Yes. And that's how she would pronounce it. Yes. Um, and so... This uh, is with your powers and mine. <laughs> and she, like, controls... It's unclear on what exactly she does here. Uh, but they... they it's unclear. Uh, yeah, they beat Tron out of, uh, of her mind. What a cool and, uh, spinning kick. Yeah. And she's like, uh, Karma runs over to her, she's like, Elle, no, no, L, please be okay. It's like, I'm fine, I just, I've got the worst headache. It's like, I'm so glad. And then Karma hugs her, and they look so happy. And Danny's like, sorry to interrupt, but I think the fight just escalated. And it then, now, boom, yeah, it's caught on. <laughs> Which, not great. Uh, so it's, I'm, of of all the people here, to have someone evil controlling. The hey, one you want the least. The most dangerous fighter of, uh, you know, maybe one of the most dangerous people on this whole island. It's a fucking war captain. Uh, She's like know, in charge of the military here. Like the four, who are the war captains now? Is it? It's. 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 Uh, Psylocke, Bishop, Magic, and Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. And Cyclops is in charge of all of them. Is he? I thought he gave yeah. it to. No, you're right. He gave he it, to it to Bishop. Kanan. Oh, he gave it to Bishop, and then no, but he oh he recommended Kanan. Yes, no, no, he no, gave it to Bishop. Of, it is either Bishop or Psylocke. Is in is the it's the, yeah it's one of those two because uh, I think he was just like I'm an X Man and I can't be doing both because I'm very busy. But here's this binder with all this fun information, including how do you fight a kaiju? <laughs> one of the points on his how to fight a kaiju binder. Says, uh, describes charge, a sentinel. You, do, if you cannot he identify says, a sentinel, find someone who can. <laughs> He's literally like, if you cannot identify a sentinel, you need to pass command to the nearest person near you who can identify a sentinel. You are unfit for command. <laughs> if you don't know what a sentinel looks like, you hang it up. That is truly one of the best page turn gags I have ever witnessed. It is, for the record, this is an Immortal X-Men number two. Um, it is because Celine, Celine has summoned this giant kaiju that's destroying the island. And she's somewhat, they're all. Because she's pissed off. On the cancel, council to hope. Yeah, she's fucking mad. And she's like, well, screw you. I'm going to destroy you. So she, like, makes this giant kaiju. And a bunch of people have this point because Cyclops is not around at the moment. He's, like, in the treehouse. And somebody's just like, Oh God! How do we stop this thing? And someone's like, "Has anyone consulted Psylocke's like war journals?" <laughs> and somebody's just like, "Oh, knowing Scott, he probably would write a detailed thing about this." And, and then you turn Emma, the page, sure and this it's Emma. You turn the page, and it's this extraordinarily detailed plan about how to fight a kaiju. Yeah, and again, if you cannot identify a sentinel, pass command to someone who can identify a sentinel. <laughs> Oh my god, so the fight just escalated, um, and Psylocke looks fucking badass. This is when I discovered and realized that L has airbending power. <laughs> yes. 
and it wasn't just a flare of like the panels. I thought it was just like an artistic license earlier. This is truly like she's airbending. Yes. And so um, Trump says, uh, uh, no one on this island could pull me out of my sister's mind before. Uh, what makes you think you can isolate my mind now? It's hopeless. I want to be free of this. I want to return to my own body, but I just, I can't. And Karma pleads with him, don't, don't shut us out. Don't shut me out. Um, and Danny points out, he's like, he doesn't want to stay trapped in there, but he's scared. It's not his fault. And so she uh, suggests, like, okay, can you cast him back to our childhood? Uh, well, what if he takes me over? Well, I'll make sure he doesn't. And Elle wishes Karma luck. She's like, and, and Swan, be careful. It, it's a then. very, like, gorgeous panel of her. It's the most sparkles in her eyes. Mm-hmm. True, like, three sparkles per eye. So many sparkles. Like, Karma doesn't get sparkles in her eyes. The only time she gets, like, sparkles is when she, like, cries. Um, Yeah. Elle just, like, always has eye sparkles. Yeah, so they... To open the last part... uh, Because we are finally on the final issue. To to open the final part... uh, They... They execute the plan pretty well. Uh, Danny shoots... uh, Basically shoots uh, Karma and her brother into the into a memory of their childhood, uh, where they're playing soccer together. Uh, and he's which is adorable. Him. Look at these kids. Look at how fucking cute these kids are. Really these are the cutest kids that have ever been drawn. I don't know why it's so funny to me that Karma is wearing like a polo shirt on the beach, but it's really funny to me <laughs> that she's wearing a polo shirt on the beach, <laughs> like this fucking six year old. Yeah, um, with a matching headband. Yeah. Um, and shorts. Uh, and he's, like, bouncing the ball on his knee, and he, she's like, ah, I can't do it. Why can't I do it today? He's like, I don't know. You're thinking too hard about it. Relax a little bit. Let go. It's a beautiful day. Enjoy the sunshine. The breeze feels great. Don't think of the ball at all. It'll come to you. It'll come back to you if you, don't, if you let go. Don't think. Just do it. He's like, I've got really it. Really quick, I... I love the themes of like focus on the breeze. Yeah. Her girlfriend is an airbender. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like focus on the wind. Come it's back calming. To you if you let go, don't focus on it. Basically, muscle memory. The whole I mean the whole vibe of this is very much like if you try to have a stranglehold on, on and control over literally everything all the time, you're going to snap. So yeah. just chill the fuck out a little bit you're gonna and trust this yourself. So hard it slips between your fingers. Yeah. So don't don't worry about this shit. Yeah. Um, and so adult karma is standing there with adult Tran and they're witnessing this because it's a memory and they're watching it and it's like and he's like, Oh, I get it. I get the lesson. I get the life lesson we're trying to communicate here. Yeah. Um and he she's like, I'm letting go of your mind now. Are you ready to let go of everyone else's? And he sheds like a single tear and says, I'm ready. Which is adorable. Everyone starts to wake up. (laughs) Including Sam. Sam. Sam's only line, his goggles are now the wrong color, I would like to point out. Um, Sam's goggles are red. It's Uh, okay. But they're blue in this panel. Uh, And uh, Kate says, welcome back, Sam. Was I out? 
<laughs> That's all he says in this comic. He doesn't get to talk. Uh, I would like to take this moment to point out that Kitty uh, should have been a member of the New Mutants uh, and is very upset at the notion that she should, but truly should have been around kids her own age. That was, uh... Yeah, that was like a plot in one of the... For anyone who hasn't read it, that's that the Charles Xavier, you're a jerk. Yes. But uh, now we have um, L holding Karma and saying, are you back? Are you okay? And she's okay. And this is the part that I love, which is that this is uh, Psylocke going, ugh, my head. Don't love being the mind swap specialist, but I'm glad that's over. <laughs> I, I don't know why it just clicked in my head. In my brain, uh, this is a weird pull perhaps. Uh, Psylocke sounds like Boma from Dragon Ball in my head. I watched Dragon Ball. Ah. Sorry. Mm. Somebody will get that. Uh, I that's missed like it. My... I'm sure someone will. It just, yeah. it, it's not for uh, me. It's also... I know who that character is. I just, just don't know what she know sounds what like. Saying, yeah. Um, I, also, uh, I've mentioned this to you before. Uh, I've never mentioned on the podcast. In my head, Black Cat Sounds like Meg from Hercules. That sounds accurate. Do with that what you will. Um, and so, uh, Tran apologizes. He says, uh, I'm sorry, everyone. I think I need a little help figuring this all out. And also, uh, Karma says, I'm here for you. We all are. And we so cute. To... And he looks so happy. He looks really happy about it. It's a very, he makes a very, very like, Ernest. Ernest. He's, he looks happy. Also, we kind of glossed over it earlier. Like, he said a lot to, he said during the fight, he said to Karma a couple times, like, I can't control this. He's not yeah. used to being in his own body because right. he was in hers for so long. He's not used to having like a corporeal form. Right. He's like, I, my, I want to be in my own body, but I literally do not know how to do it. Which is why he needed to, like, let go a little bit instead of trying. Because the more he was trying, the more he was freaking himself out, the more he was jumping into other people's bodies and, like, causing problems. Right. Not on purpose. So. And so. Now it's time to fix the relationship thing. The power of just talk. Yes, the power of this could have been resolved with communication. But this is a romance comic, so we must have at least one miscommunication per comic. Uh, and so, uh, Swan says, uh, so we never really talked about, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Seeing you go through the, uh, through the crucible ceremony, I watched you die right over there. I mean, I knew you'd be back. It still sucked, you know? And Karma laughs. She's like, seeing me die sucked. It's like, I'm being serious. I hated it. I just needed to take a step back and think on it. And. I've come to the conclusion that I don't want to see my girlfriend die ever again. Okay, is that fair? And Karma's <laughs> eyes go wide and she goes, girlfriend? And she's so cute! And now she gets sparkly eyes. Yeah, she goes, uh, it's more than fair. And then as Elle gets close to her, she frees you. Oh. <laughs> she's like, aw, I'm your girlfriend! And Elle's like, damn right. <laughs> So, do you, so trust do you trust me? I trust you. And then they kiss. They kiss and uh, they kiss. They fly and they fly off. off. It's it's like a much more wholesome version of that panel of Angel and Husk. God damn it! I knew you were gonna bring up Sheila's angels. Listen, 
<laughs> I fucking knew it. Oh god damn it. One of these uh, days we should do she lies with angels. Oh, oh, that's that's episode fifty <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to. Uh, Gary wanted to do exterminators, so the new one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Dazzler the Vampire Slayer. Dazzler the Vampire Slayer. But anyway, uh, they're kissing in the sky, and it's very, very, very and cute. The and the sun is rising, and um, that's the end of Karma in Love. It's Thank you very, for joining us. It's a very fun It's book. a much shorter comic it's, than it's, we made it seem. Truly, I read this in 20 minutes. Um, we made this way longer because we're us. And if you click, yep. listen, if you read If you saw my name in an episode. If you saw the description and said, saw Jesse's name here. And, and you thought it would be short. And you thought it would be short. And you're like, how did this get to be two and a half hours? You you played yourself because you know what the fuck this was. You know what Happy Valentine's was. Day, everyone. If you... Did, if you are spending Valentine's Day alone, at least you spent it here with us. With us. Because <laughs> um, uh, there are worse ways to spend it. Lord knows I know yeah. that. Brother, <laughs> brother <laughs> Lord knows I know that. Uh, I will be I will be spending Valentine's Day going through the apps, which is fighting in the trenches. Oh, oh! <laughs> For the record, I will probably be skipping and resuming on the fifteenth. <laughs> but um, uh, what what am I actually doing? That day? Oh, I work that day. I work on the fourteenth. It's a bummer. We don't need to share details of plans, oh, I'm, but I'm going to, to stuff the, on the weekend. Uh, but I've got yeah. I'm the, <laughs> I will be look for you, dear listeners. Day. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Valentine's please, Day. please read this book. Um, it helps, as I mentioned before about the publishing of, like, the comics industry, uh, just in general as a PSA, even though they don't release, like, the readership numbers from Marvel Unlimited are never released and have never been released. If they start doing it one day, that'd be great. Up until now, we do not get that data and we do not get those numbers, but Marvel corporate does. And I have heard from various writers that it looks very good on paper if people sign up for accounts or sign up for free trials or something and immediately start reading one thing instead of like browsing or anything. If it's just like I sign up and I know what I'm looking for and it helps support the comics it helps support those stories so that we can see more of them. So if you like non big two style artists writing adorable comics about gay people who love each other and there's sparkles in their eyes all the time please read this on the marvel unlimited app so that marvel knows that we want more of it and hopefully they will give us more of it and then i will eat it up and be uh, one thing feral. Also to keep in mind on the subject of marvel unlimited those motherfuckers lie uh because if you go and you check the trending series on Marvel Unlimited, those motherfuckers are not telling the truth. That no. like nothing is more alive than that section. <laughs> Very curated. Uh, However, another plug for Marvel Unlimited, if you have not actually used the app before or the service and you are looking to get into reading more Marvel comics, they have very good curated playlists. Playlists, big air quote there, but yeah. like curated reading lists where did you just watch Black Panther 2? Do you want to read more about Shuri? 
they will they got you right did they got you, you. stuff like did that did you hear me mention um fucking sec, second coming earlier you're like oh yeah what the fuck is that you type in second coming it'll give you the order to read that in uh it's very it's the easiest and greatest way um other than the infinity comics though just as a heads up they don't do anything newer than three months old as a way of like not stepping on the toes of uh like local comic shops so uh, yeah. um anything There's... older than three months with a couple of notable exceptions unfortunately gen x being one of them um, There's like a bunch of issues of gen x missing yeah yeah anyway so just as a heads up quick plug for marvel unlimited um yeah I w- supporting these comics is the way to get more of them and i want more of them yeah um just to drive home how much they lie about what the trending titles are the trending titles oh, no. on marvel unlimited right now are kang the conqueror number one the most recent ant-man series the 2014 spider-verse uh event shuri's solo book from 2018 believe My, that one miles morales spider-man number one from 2018 the midnight suns tie-in book i also believe that one guardians of the galaxy number one secret invasion the 2018 fantastic four series the namor infinity comic 2018 captain america and Ironheart. If you thought to yourself as I was reading those, hmm, these sound related to the movies they've just released, that is, you would be correct. That's, mm -hmm, that's the point of that section. This is the movie tie-in section. Yep. But we have wasted your time, uh, dear listener, talking about fucking nothing. Uh, Thank you all for (laughs) hanging out with us if you're still here for some fucking reason. Uh... You can follow the show on Twitter at MCMF. Karma Comic. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at MCMF Pod. You can follow me at Archer Arios, A R X H E R A R I O S. The X is a C. Do not make me explain it. Uh, you can follow Jesse on all the shits as uh, at, uh, at Zahili, spelled Z A H E E L E E. I am most commonly on Twitter for as long as that platform lives. Uh, which is looking slimmer by. To be dwindling. <laughs> The twilight hours. The fall of that empire. But this uh, but. this has been episode 37 of MCMF. Uh, I'm going to do one more episode this month, or at least try to. Uh, I do want to do a Black History Month special, which will most likely be a milestone comic of some kind. Uh, most likely an issue of Static. Uh, but thank you all for hanging out, uh, and we will catch you all next time.